Morning, everybody. Like we know. Yo, Joes. It's uh, welcome to the What's On Joe Mind team stream. You can probably guess why we're here, uh, but we're going to make you sit and listen to our kick ass theme song first. <laughs> We are What's On Joe Mine. We are a fan cast about the world of G.I. Joe. We're going to sidestep that a little bit today, but uh, first we'll take a moment and, and talk to the panel. Uh, joining me here in the top row, he's recovering from the dreaded COVID-19 outbreak. He is uh, taking on a slightly Hispanic tinge today. Hola. El Hanjo is with Hola. us. Hola. <laughs> I just noticed, because uh, we don't do brunch with What's On Joe Mine very often, right? No. Uh, never realized till right now how friggin' loud Cheerios are as uh, the lovely Elizabeth tries to prepare her late breakfast quietly uh, in the attached kitchen, in the kitchenette attached on this wing of Weber Mansion. Um, so, but I, I mean, think loud done. is one thing, but proper nutrition is important, Mark. You can't come down yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and we, uh, we were actually looking at sugar content the other day because I picked up a bunch of terrible cereals, and she looked at Frosted Flakes, Golden grams and O's to see which one had the most concentrated sugar content. Mm. And it was O's by like a million miles. Didn't realize that O's, which look vaguely healthy on the box, mm -hmm. are actually chocolate frosted sugar bombs. So, yes. so. <laughs> well, back, back to Cheerios with their, their advertised one gram of sugar. That's it. So, and now that's the more you know. Frosted flakes probably aren't that bad, once you? <laughs> yeah, I, I think they were. They were, they and golden grams were about the same. We are but missing. O's, we are O's. missing the proper direction on brunch talk. This is all about a meal where people shove bacon and booze in your face yeah. in the morning. Hey, Elizabeth, you want some booze? <laughs> she, she says yes. So, so right. I'm doing my, doing my job. Excellent. You'll <laughs> be popular in college. Joining us in the bottom row, he is the. Uh, the comic expert of the What's on Joe My Team. It's Rack Time, Rob. Hello. You just, saw, you just saw him a couple hours ago. You can't possibly be as tired of him as we are. But hey, here we go. And of course, in, in bottom left, our special guest today, uh, you know him as Mr. 3D Joe's. He's a former host of the program. He's back here to talk about a very special project. Former host and current participant. You can find me most Friday nights hanging out here with the What's on Joe Mind team, peppering them in the commentary. Right. He, he, he resigned his, his, his host job so he could go watch the live stream. I think you guys will see what I've been working on. <laughs> you right. won't hold it against me when you see the massive volume of work we've been cranking it's, on. It's kind of like leaving SNL, though. Leaving the cast, going to sure. Hollywood to make movies. And then coming back and sitting in the crowd to heckle us in the bottom. <laughs> I don't want you to forget me, you know? <laughs> like, wait a minute. Yeah, it still feels like a part of the family when y'all throw my comments up on screen, you know? Right. Oh, yeah. 
So maybe walk on to update, you know, something. And like honestly, that. like usually I'm sitting there listening to you guys and working on stuff, like Joe does. Like Joe does <laughs> on the show. Right. So anyhow. So I have to say it, it worked. Uh, I was watching the premiere and then after that it bounced right to your live stream. So Ink Technology Grand. Right. I apologize to the YouTube uh, folks that were watching the live stream. I don't know why the countdown didn't have a countdown clock. Like, why do you, YouTube, come on. You're going to make a countdown animation, put a countdown clock on it. I maintain it's because we start, as as is standard, we started late. And gotcha. It's not, and, it, and let's blame Joe. It's Joe's fault. Yeah. Joe's fault. Yep. Right on. Joe's we were waiting on her until we realized, oh, she's at work. Yeah. She's like saving the world and stuff. So, uh, so guys, I just hit live on the Kickstarter, and the first forty-five dollars just came in. I thought, right. this, I thought it might be funny. Uh, thanks, guys. Yay! I thought it might be funny to, or cool, or maybe insightful to show you guys kind of what a Kickstarter launch is like. Because usually, y'all get together with people towards the end of their Kickstarters. I mean, sometimes towards the beginning, but usually always at the end to kind of celebrate. And I thought it'd be cool to do the reverse of that and celebrate the launch of a Kickstarter. Yeah, and, I mean, and, and it, it didn't hurt that you had, you know, some 350-pound, you know, barnacle on you bothering you about when this was going to start for the last month. That's true. Thank you, Mikey. <laughs> Mikey, Mikey is a very diligent newsman, okay? <laughs> He's after it. He's always following up the leads. So, I mean, that's part of the that's part of the, the stuff that makes me work really hard is that there's people out there that are excited about it and constantly communicating with me because trust me, you're not the only one that's like, hey man, when's the Kickstarter going live? When's the Kickstarter going live? And you just can't do it until it's ready. Like you have to have an awesome video. You have to build the Kickstarter page. You have to have like things to show people. Um, so, you know, everything in its own time, but it definitely like lights the fire, you know, helps you move it to the front burner, so to speak. You know, and hey, we got a we got a, a show here that dozens and dozens of people follow. That's right. So, we can at least help <laughs> we got yeah. the fans. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that's what we're bringing to the table. Well, so and that's it's disproportionate. You guys should have a much larger following than you do. So just keep chipping. As as we often say, we're your favorite GI Joe podcast. Favorite GI Joe podcast. Because we look, right. we look over in the comments every week, and it's uh, people who have other shows. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's always it's always kind of funny to me that way. So well, they're just mining you. They're just mining you for your big breaking leads on classified. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Plus, next month we're adding in a bunch of bots. So I'm kidding. Pay. They love you guys. You know, that's that's why they're there. It's because they have good taste. You know what I mean? There we go. C.S. Sherman. We are the What's on Joe maniacs. There we go. All right. Maybe, maybe that's that's a good. That's a good one. You may have to adopt for the that. peanut gallery. Hashtag that thing, Mike. Yeah, yeah. We we uh, that I I'm gonna jot that. I'm I'm literally jotting that down because I'll like right. uh, about uh, WOJ Mafia. Oh. Uh, <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, Mike, I'm gonna attempt to share my screen with you. This is uh, you might have to accept it as this the big, chief. This is a big step. Yeah. Uh, we should probably get a, a mission statement out there at seven yeah. minutes into the show. We, as oh, well. I'll talk. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk through it while I'm doing this. How about that? How okay. About that? All right. Because right. I was holding off because I wanted you guys to see the fun. So this is all my tabs to get this thing out here. So uh, this is where the project's going to live. So we obviously want to have that one loaded up. This is the premiere that just happened. So we're going to close that out. 
this is the project uh, that we just launched literally a couple minutes ago. So we're off to the races, which is Yay! awesome. Thank you guys. Um, this is the, oh, don't this is a that. big one. Don't show that too much because we're going to go to the tote board like Jerry Lewis. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so this is the, this is the critical element right here. I think this is what has helped um, 3D Joe's campaigns be successful. Look at this. This is going out to 6,710 subscribers. Um, these are people that have backed the books or bought posters or books or just gone to 3D Joe's and uh, signed up for the email list at the bottom of the website. So that just went out to 6,700 people. Uh, this is an update to the book backers because I have not mentioned this project yet to the book backers because number one, I wanted to get it to a, a place where it was ready to share. But number two, I wanted them to know like I'm focused on that book. My primary thing is the book. Uh, but this project isn't about me and what I want to work on necessarily. This is about putting the creators back to work. And so that's why, that's why this project is so special to me. Everything that we do with this Kickstarter, it'll be to raise money to create all new action figures by Ron Rudak, Kirk Bazikian, Mark Pennington, Doug Hart, Bill Merkline, Larry, everybody that, you know, contributed to the line back in the day is they're the people doing the creative development on this project. So there you see Ron Rudat's line art, accessory art, 360 turnarounds, color studies. You see Bill Markline's sculpt. Um, all the credits are on the Operation Recall website. So we're done with that. Then this is the back end of the website. So we're just going to hit publish on that and make sure anybody that visits the 3D Joe's homepage will know. And then Operation Recall's webpage, I updated that late last night. Nobody goes there yet, <laughs> but I do think eventually this will become a hub for this whole operation. So that's been updated. If you want to learn more about Operation Recall, shout out what's on Joe Mind. So there's a there's a learn more page here, right? Um, and that's got some really cool sliders where you can see before and after for like, there's my concept art. There's what Ron's uh, what Ron created with Kirk's markup in red. And then scroll down, there's Ron's 360 turnaround that he created for Bill Merkline to use as a reference. And then there's Bill Merkline's sculpt. So nice little uh, sliders there. This is process artwork for Doug Hart, how he developed the painting and uh, you know, just showing progress along the way, how he works through creating an all new painting. And then this is the package designed by Ed Morrill and Sean Morrill. Uh, Ed Morrill was the guy who uh, did branding and packaging for G.I. Joe from 1969 to 1989 amazing that I've been able to spark up all these relationships and, and good, good friendships at this point, And that they all said yes to this wacky idea. So that's all that operation recall, but shout out what's on Joe mind. If you go to this new tab, it's called in the news, you can watch a ton of content. And the kickoff was with you guys. Uh, gosh, how long ago was that about a year and a half now? It, yeah. It's going back a ways. Whoa. That was July 21. Yeah. So, so we're, we're about a year, a year over. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys remember that panel, I'm sure, or that conversation. So anyway, that's on Operation Recall under menu. Uh, go to in the news and you can watch where what's in what's on your mind. Uh, help me kick this thing off. And then, of course, we got to post to Facebook because everybody's on Facebook. All right. We'll hit publish to that. Hopefully that went through. Uh, hang on one second. All right. We'll close that out. And then you got to do Instagram. But Instagram's always broken. So this will probably give me a, a error message. Oh, hey, look, it shared that time. All right, cool. So we'll close that out. And then we got our we got our tweets ready. You know, you got a tweet. I hate Twitter, man. It's just I can't find anything in it. Like everything comes and goes so fast, like you don't even feel like it. Maybe it wasn't worth your effort. So anyway, uh, there is new Operation Recall social media. So Facebook.com/slash Operation Recall. 
Um, Twitter, the handle is at Operation Recall and Instagram, the handles at Operation Recall as well. So those are up and I will start populating those. Um, the cool thing about this Kickstarter is there's always going to be stuff to share because a big part of it is, um, is the creative process, right? So as character sketches and that kind of thing come in, we're going to have. Oh my uh -oh. God, we're on button. <laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> it's hotel Wi-Fi again. We're having flashbacks to last night's hotel Wi-Fi. Oh, anyway, to, to do a quick tote board update. Yes, Racktime Rob, give us the tote board. Uh, it is already at $6,351. <laughs> Here we go. And, it, and as I said that, it jumped to 481. All 6, right. 481. So give, give us a per minute breakdown on that if you've got a calculator handy. Oh, uh, uh, there we go. There's my phone. Meanwhile, back from his uh, hotel Wi-Fi in Florida, Carson in Texas is reading. <laughs> so you don't want to close that browser window. That is <laughs> <laughs> you that one open. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's the rundown. I thought you guys might like to see how you launch a campaign across multiple channels. And uh, hopefully that's not a total failure. Yeah, it's uh, no, I think it's working. <laughs> All right, good. You're now right. almost at seven thousand dollars. Boom, there we go. So seven thousand dollars, 17 minutes. Yeah, let's uh, I mean, my, my sincere hope here is that we fund every single figure, it would be 18 figures. Uh, but I realize that's a big ask. Um, but I hope that there's the appetite for it because if you love o ring and you want original o rings. Outside of call sign longbow, this is it, man. This is it. Just about. There's a few You're at roughly $411.76 a minute. There's other stuff coming. There's other stuff <laughs> in the pipeline for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, these are going to be sculpted by Bill Merkline, who sculpted 70 of the G.I. Joe figures back in the day. They're going to be designed by Ron Rudat and Mark Pennington, who designed every figure from 1982 to 1989, with a few exceptions, like Bart Sears designed a few. Um this is going to be made by the guys. It's going to be painted by Doug Hart, who painted the package art from 1987 to 1994. You know, package layouts and branding and design by the morals. It's it's crazy. Uh, this is going to be getting the old band back together to play one full album. Like, I felt like Rotella was a single, and it was awesome. And everybody loved it so much that they were like, why is the band disbanding again? You know? And so I'm just like the band manager where I'm, <laughs> I'm booking the shows. I'm out here, you know, trying to, trying to get them to be successful as a band once again. So that pigeon's got a helmet. We need more. <laughs> so the thing about, 10 grand. nice. The thing about the pigeon helmet is I wanted to start with a clear statement that this is about military fantasy. This is, yes, we're going to have military stuff. I'm a, Special Forces Brett, right? I, I love military stuff. I want military stuff. But I also wanted to have that element of fun and fantasy. And so, yes, you got the cool drone. You got the backpack. You got the straps. You got three removable magazines right here. The gun has a removable magazine and removable, removable suppressor. I shouldn't do that too much. The accessories are incredible. Uh, <laughs> especially if you point it at your eye, right? <laughs> anyway, okay. OperationRecall.com. I'm changing the channel here, <laughs> changing the conversation. Uh, if you go under the team, actually go to the second page, uh, the more to the story stuff. 
I do want to make sure that I, I get a shout out to the extended team because they did an incredible job and we wouldn't be here without them. I think everybody's heard me talk about the legends a lot. Not enough. I won't say enough because they deserve all the praise and we need to continue trumpeting the work that they did and helping them continue to do more work through Operation Recall. But I also want to give a shout out to the new guys who I think are legends in the making. Um, so accessory modeling by Adam Freeman. He took Ron's accessory drawings and made awesome 3D models of them. I know he's helped out with the Vilaverse line. I don't have his whole you know, portfolio or anything like that. But Adam is an incredible talent. He helped me with all the accessory modeling. Uh, engineering by Mike Seifert. So it's a very different skill set to create really cool looking 3D models and then to make printable models. And so I discovered that along the way. And so 3D printed uh, accessories are, are, you know, they're whatever color you print them in. I needed to go and, and have paint masters made. I had the, uh, let's see, let me pull up the camera real quick so I can see what I'm pointing at. This is the original sculpt by Bill Merkline. This is a resin copy by Lightbeam 3D. Let me, get you in the, uh, let me get you in the spotlight here so we can see a little bigger. Wrong okay. spotlight. Uh-oh, you're spotlighting yourself. No, okay. <laughs> so this is the original sculpt by Bill Merkline. It's a blue buck with the plumber seal epoxy on top of it. This is the resin copy uh, that was made by Lightbeam 3D. And then this is the paint master, which was painted by Matthew LaCroix. Matthew LaCroix is a beast uh, on, on customizing painting. He's just a, a huge talent. And so I was really happy. I've wanted to work with them for years. I was, th I was thrilled that I was able to get Matthew's partnership on this project. Um, so all those guys, you can, you can kind of learn about them. There's links out to the sites that they wanted to link to on the Operation Recall, uh, the story page. So if you go to the menu and navigate to that. Same thing. You all right, buddy? Y'all hear my puppy? I thought it was Elizabeth with more Cheerios. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like always hanging out next to my desk. It pretty much, man. It's not we. It's not a Carson visit to 3D. It's to uh, what's on Joe' mind without an appearance by your wiener dogs. Yeah, I usually pick them up and let them let them sit here. But you know, I got this. Uh, There's time for this thing. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. We don't want to. We don't want to give everything away in the first 20 minutes. So you guys haven't had a chance to check the campaign out. Do you want to pull it up and kind of scroll through it and ask me, pepper me with questions? You'll see the first, you'll see the first four figures, which I got, I don't think you guys have seen anything of that yet. No, I no. Mean, we, we were sitting here waiting to go live here when, uh, when everything right. came up. So we are complete rank amateurs with all this. I mean, there was some maniac running around Joe Fest with spoilers. In a uh, that's true. So I had a card back with some silhouettes on it. Yeah, Pretty yeah. cool. So, I'll actually, I'll grab that and show that to the guys. Hang on one second. I mean, if you're, if you're doing your research, right, if you're hunting out there, you might find some, some info. I've just been, uh, I've just been busy watching the tote board go up and up and up and up. Boop, 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 boop. All right. So this is the card back designed by Ed Morrill and Sean Morrill. Uh, again, Ed Morrill ran Coleman, LaPuma, Siegel, and Morrill. They did the 1982 G.I. Joe logo as well as the 1986 G.I. Joe logo and all the packaging. Um, they actually came on to help with the Adventure Team rebrand in 1970. So this is the Operation Recall Rotello Communications Specialist and uh, Carrier Pigeon. I can't do that in reverse. Here we go. There's there's my little pigeon. Uh, so anyway, on the back side, we did a little sneak peek at Joe Fest. And what you see there, all those little gray silhouettes, those are created from the artwork that was submitted 
by 177 uh, contributors to Operation Recall. So we put up a call for submissions and we got 177 submissions. And from that, we had a three-day summit in Massachusetts where we narrowed it from 177 to like 60 to like 40, then down to our top 16. And uh, it was brilliant to watch the guys work and see what got them interested and to have Kirk kind of come up with a go-to-market strategy for, okay, with wave one, we want this type of person, this type of person, this type of person, this type of person. And then we went to our list of like top 40 and plugged people into the appropriate roles. So we weren't just like arbitrarily picking who were our favorites. We wanted to make sure we had a, a reasonable structure for, you know, you want a key bad guy, you want an army builder, you want a kind of hard edge good guy, and you want a more military good guy, right? So those are the kinds of- is, What I'm hoping is there's actual footage of you taking my submission and throwing it into a trash can. <laughs> <laughs> right. it's, it's probably less dramatic. It's more of like a command delete. <laughs> well, still, I mean, print it out because, you know, these are, these are analog guys. So mm -hmm. get that, get that slow motion shot of the paper wad going across the room. Yeah. My, uh, my partner in crime, Joe Goldston, he's, he's been along with me to every Joe con since 2012. Uh, Joe fest now. And we're the ones that built the gliders together. I built the Falcon glider. He built the Viper glider. He's like my partner in crime, you know? And uh, so he was there for the shoot. He came up and helped me film this whole session with the guys in Massachusetts. And um, I wanted to print out all 177 of them. He's like, you're crazy. That's the worst idea ever. <laughs> so we actually, and he's right, because I would have had to take all these submissions that came in. Sometimes they were a dozen documents. Sometimes they were Word documents. Sometimes they were uh, Photoshop, bitmap stuff. Other times they were illustrations. You know, they were vector. They were all over the place in terms of the, the submissions. We had everything from, you know, a 10-year-old doing awesome little figure sketches to professional artists like Adam Rich's uh submitting amazingly polished presentations you know so visually they ran the gamut but from a media perspective it was all over the place so for me having to format all that to 11 by 17 or eight and a half by 11 and printing out a, a slide deck oh, yeah. for them to yeah. manually crumble and throw into the trash can joe taught me out of that and god bless you joe for talking me out of it <laughs> because it made the process a lot easier i could actually if you want to know uh let me pull this up google sheets I am a, I like to share and I'm like a full transparency kind of guy. So I, I like to show uh, my process. So give me just one second, go to sheets. Let's see, operation recall submission tracking. And so this might be cool. And you guys can tell me whenever you, you see something you're like, yeah, you know, Carson, that's kind of boring. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> anyway, so hopefully you see a slide deck now. Are you seeing a slide deck? Are you seeing a, a, a spreadsheet basically? Yes. All right. Yet this came up. This is all of the submissions, right? So this is our 177 submissions. And what we did was we went through and created columns for each person, took feedback, you know, consider, pass, or partial. Um, let's see. And so that was round one. Then round two, we got it down to 58. And then round three, we got it down to, well, that, those were like the bonus ones. And then round four, we got it down to our 16. And oh my gosh, that's really big spoilers. So we're going to stop uh, screen sharing. Right. <laughs> so anyway, we got it down to the top 16 that fit the roles that Kirk created. And I mean, spoiler alert, we've got the backup 16 for year two from those concepts. We had enough great concepts that the guys wanted to explore that we are confident. You know, the reason I keep saying 16 is because it's waves of four and we are 
going to create 16 more that were fleshed out from concepts that were submitted. Lila. But we're not going to, uh, we're obviously Rotello's in the mix, right? We've already spent two years developing Rotello. He's your bonus figure that's unlocked right out of the gate. The last bonus figure is going to be the 18th figure, and I'm not going to spoil today who that is. All right. But, it, but it, it's evil, and it comes with a wild dachshund. <laughs> with a helmet. Right? <laughs> Those things always come in pairs. <laughs> Tell me it's a bad guy that has a bazooka that shoots dachshunds, like Ratchet and Clank style. <laughs> You're on mute, Carson. You're filling the Joe Colton role. No, he muted the dog. I don't know if she's going to fit out of a bazooka these days. Oh, my goodness. She's, get, she's getting a little big for the bazooka. Maybe that canceled roadblock catapult yeah. is what we need. Yeah, maybe here. more of a slingshot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God for Frank Ferdinand and Bratwurst. Yes, <laughs> that's what I say a lot, Rob. That's why you came up with that, too. She's not a wiener dog anymore. She's a bratwurst. Le Layla knows so. what's up. She knows that what's on Joe Mind is on, and she has to be on camera. I got to give a shout-out to Rap Viper, my buddy Sean, Word Burglar. The uh, new album. He's doing good stuff. Got a uh, brand-new album out. I've been listening to that while I've been editing the documentary. And uh, he's my buddy, man. You know, He lets me uh, use his music, which, I mean, his music is the soundtrack to – G.I. Joe for me. Yeah. The Welcome to Cobra Island album is top 10 for me. It's one of those albums like I can't wear out, you know? Right. No, um, it, it really does. It, it's if you grew up watching that show, mm -hmm. I'm, it just it taps into that very mm -hmm. completely. And and other other media as well. So like Mark, I remember you and me talking at Joe Con. I was trying to sell you on uh, creating a motion comic or a TV series out of the mm -hmm. Chuckles, the Last Laugh series. Yep. And you you were just as big a fan of that uh, storyline as I was. It was by uh, Christos Gage and Anthony Costa, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. And it's the best modern G.I. Joe comic, you know, barring anything Larry's done. It's phenomenal. Absolutely. Anybody that's like, IDW, okay, I don't care if they lose license. Well, go back and look at that Cobra series because that was a high watermark for quality storytelling. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, he did a song, uh, I think it's called The Last Laugh. And there's a hardcover available called The Last Laugh that gathers that whole story together. It's where Chuckles got, goes undercover and the twins may or may not catch on to it. Mm -hmm. And uh, they might, may or may not torment him. And it is incredible. Such a yeah. good story. But so I, what the reason I bring that up is Word Burglar does a song about that. So he really covers a lot of different media yeah. with the tracks mm -hmm. on that album. When I was involved, when I, was, you know, when I had a, a voice in the room, wait, watch this. Ready? Three. Two, one, go. Oh my God, look at that. <laughs> of course, it happens right when you have a speaking part. <laughs> right? It happens so fast you can't even talk about it. No. Um, but uh, uh, I pitched that hard as a Netflix show mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. it's great. And uh, small spoiler in the end, the scale does widen tremendously. But in the first like 14 issues, it's Wise Guy, right? It's all hallways and meetings and alleys and mm -hmm. this is not an expensive show i think a lot of right. people imagine live action gi joe and they think well the pit and you know lots of tanks rolling and space vehicles and no man it is it is old school espionage and it's it is so good it is, it is the high i don't want to say the high water mark because that's that's you know i don't want to uh i don't want to put something on larry's level 
but it is right up there with some of Larry's very best work. It's and to be fair, I said it was the high watermark and, and for modern comics barring Larry's contributions. Yeah, and, and I think that's, that's a good way to put it. And my hope yeah. was when there were the rumors of the live action show with Lady J, that mm -hmm. maybe they were taking some beats from that mm. and plugging her in as a bit of an infiltration or, or covert kind of soldier. I don't know that it would be better because I think that was it was so good. Yeah. But, you know, I, I pushed that hard and, and I didn't get it very far. When is the last time we've heard about that Amazon Lady J show, potential show? More, um, more, more yeah. than a year, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah, we all have some some guesses as to how dead that project is now after that movie flop. Yeah, it wanted, I bet they wanted it to draft off the success of the movie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, the two, the two in my mind are completely different storytelling and, and unrelated, sure. but yeah, I could understand why an Amazon executive might not get that. It's just going to be under the same banner and that's what they see. Any kind of Hollywood momentum for the brand was mm -hmm. at least speed bumped last summer. Before we before we get to, too far off into divergent paths, we've got a couple of pledge questions. Mm -hmm. uh, first off, Hooded Cobra Commander seven eight eight, which tier gets the dog? His dog. <laughs> and uh, so, if if that's a if that's a legit like a serious question, um, if, you basically could just buy the one figure for thirty bucks and pick whichever figure you want. And so, uh, the opening wave of four figures, there is one with a dog. His name is Breacher. And so if you just wanted Reacher, you could just buy the $30 one figure pledge and you got your dog, 30 bucks plus shipping. There you go. I do want to say uh, a thing about price point. So we're paying the creative team right up front for their work. And not only are we doing that, on the back end, we're going to split royalties. So there's an agreement in place where every single contributor has royalties on the back end from a percentage of profits. So I'm proud of that. I think that's, you know, I've always heard about you know, the Stan Lee's and the, the Steve Ditko's and the Jack Kirby's and the people that created all these amazing properties. And they got a salary at the time. They were work for hire contractors. And a lot of people will argue that's just fine. Um, but I, I kind of am one of those that fall into the camp of if it continues to do well for years and years after, they should make a little bit of that. Yeah. You know, so not that Operation Recall is going to become an intellectual proper, property powerhouse that's making movies 20 years from now. But if it does, that agreement will be in place. There you go. But uh, Matt O'Brien has a, a more legitimate question. Uh, can someone help answer my Kickstarter question? I want to order two of the 20-figure army builders, but can't seem to do that unless I create uh, an account. Okay, great. So there's, the, uh, there's always the option to add additional funds to your pledge. So basically just double that pledge. Um, let's, let me go over to the Kickstarter and make sure I get the uh, pledge amounts correct. So what he's referring to is the 20X army builder. And that's for 500 bucks. And so you would just double it to a thousand. And then when you close out, we're going to do a backer kit on this one. I've never done a backer kit before, but that's because books aren't that complicated. <laughs> There's not a dozen right. different things that you can throw into your shopping cart and check right. out, right? This is going to be way more complicated. Uh, shout out to Ben Conway, RoboSkull. He helped me think through how I went to market with this, the pledge levels that I came up with, marked up some of my uh, talking points and script and everything. So shout out to Ben. Thank you so much. And he also uh, gave me the the kind of nudge that I needed to accept that for this type of project, I'm going to need a backer kit. And so what you're going to do is just, you know, Matt, just double your pledge for a thousand bucks. 
And then when you close out, uh, there'll be a survey that allows you to give me input on what that thousand dollars is supposed to go to. There you go. Easy, easy peasy. Mm -hmm. You guys want a sneak peek at the documentary I'm working on? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I'm, I'm, such, I'm such an overshare. All right. Let me, uh, you guys, you guys talk about something else for a second and I'm going to jump in here. This is a good place for us to throw in our normal plug. If you're watching us on Facebook today, uh, go ahead and give us some kind of a reaction. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a heart. Give us a little huggy guy. We love little huggy, little huggy guy. Uh, give us a little laugh face for all the times Carson's already dropped out of the podcast. Um, <laughs> if you're watching us on YouTube, thank you. Uh, we appreciate that. Uh, go ahead and please like our video. Subscribe to our channel. Uh, that's the thing you can do to help us out the most. Even if you're on Facebook today, at some point, Hop on over to YouTube, subscribe to the channel, because that's how we can we can really measure uh, our our reach and our uh, success. Um, yeah, that was that was a good job. Uh, thank yeah, you for stuff. filling that time, man. You're really yeah. a pro at that. I, look, <laughs> it, it, the call to action stuff, God knows. I, I I think there's times I wake up in the middle of the night in the middle of call to action. Yeah, it's like like subscribe. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> real, real quick, let's get another couple pledge questions in there. Okay. Uh, so, Townwave278 asks, uh, will Rotello only be available for the $450 pledge, or will he be available on the first wave pledge? Thank you for the question. He's available right out of the gate. As I mentioned, he's our bonus figure that's unlocked right up front. So all you have to do is select whatever pledge you want, and then under the add-on items, you can select the Blu-ray DVD, the book, and Rotello. So those are instant add-ons. I'm funding all three of those. So I, I'll be candid. I'm like full transparency, probably to a fault. I've paid 20 grand on this project so far. Oh. Anybody that, that looks at the Kickstarter pledge is like, oh man, that's just a little too much. I've literally put 20 grand into this. It's like heart and soul, so much labor, so much time, but also 20 grand of cold hard cash, right? Right. Um, yeah. But that clear, got us to, that clear, got us to this point. That's cash. That's not the months of actual man hours right that you put in right oh absolutely yeah. Yeah. and and i don't you know i i would never bother i would never dare add that up because i would question right. my own sanity but what i've done for the last two years is drive around and meet with all of these guys film with them do extensive interviews this all started as a way to beef up the omnibus hardcover i wanted all new interviews to beef that book up to to kind of justify not only did we remaster everything from 82 to 86, like we completely reshot it, re-edited it, but I wanted there to be significantly more interview content. And so to get to that goal, I had to go around and do a bunch of interviews with these guys that I had interviewed before, but I was now much more entrenched in the content and had new questions to ask, better questions to ask. And so instead of just sitting around with them and doing talking head interviews, I decided, what if I got them to get back to work and design one new figure from scratch? And so I also shot that while I was there. So the collecting the art of GI Joe thing, that's going to have tons of quotes from these interviews. It's going to have a lot of that content. There will be an Operation Recall trailer on the discs that are coming with the Omnibus hardcover. But Operation Recall is going to be a standalone documentary that documents the, the creative process from start to finish, as well as we could during COVID. Um, so you're not, you're not going to film every single step of the way, but we shot a lot of it. And so that's what I was going to sneak peek for you uh, over in Premiere if you want to share screens, Mike. All right. All right. So this is an add-on item as well. This is the Operation Recall uh, Blu-ray. So what you see here is old sequences that I've been working through. So just one example here. Uh, this is kind of the kickoff before I left to go to Ron's house. So I basically had to do an introduction where I uh, kick off the project and show you guys what we're working on. 
And so I gave you a little primer on the creative production process that they used back in the 80s during this. It's kind of a multi-camera shoot. So I've already edited that. And then uh, Ron working, this is the original footage. Uh, it's a couple hours worth of stuff. And then once it's all synced up and uh, it's three hours and five minutes worth of content. So I've gone through and edited that down. The Operation Recall documentary is currently at 28 minutes. And what we have is that introduction where I kind of give you a primer on how they did things in the 80s. And then I show you the Operation Recall project and walk you through the first couple steps of Ron, Ron's design work, Kirk's feedback. And then I get on the road to go meet with Ron. So you'll see some discussion, like basically where I'm kicking, kicking off what Ron did. And then we meet with Ron. So from about 12 minutes in until this is where it gets really cool. He opens up the packet, checks out the revisions, and then he gets to work back in his office. And so this is really intimate. You're sitting in there with Ron while he's working. Um, it's, it's beautiful, man. It's exactly what I wanted it to be. I've just been cutting this over the last two weeks. And so it's very exciting for me when you're working on something for a couple of years. And I've literally shot over 40 hours of this stuff to now be in there and having little intimate sound bites from Ron as he's working on Rotello. It's just beautiful, man. Like you have this vision as a creative person that makes stuff, you have a vision for things and you hope that it's cool, but you always have that imposter syndrome or that fear that it's just not going to be great. And then as you work on it, you're like, yeah, no, that's awesome. You know? So anyway, we're done with the Ron section and now I'm going to visit with Ed Morrill. Um, and so he's the packaging guy that I told you about. So the next section of this for me to edit is uh, this Ed Morrill interview footage. So I'm, I'm basically like at the fifth part of all these different elements. And so there's a very long sit down interview with him. This is what I will use for the omnibus hardcover. This is where I'm pulling all the sound bites for the hardcover, right? So this is three hours and 30 minutes of interviews with Ed Morrill, right? We, we, we went deep. And then the last part of it is hanging out with him in his office and going through all the product sketches and his rationale for the four product sketches that he created for Rotello so that we get a look at his creative process and you know, kind of reasoning for why he did things the way he did them. So he, a lot of people don't know this, but he provided the thumbnail sketches for Hector Garrido back in the day. He hired Hector and managed Hector and provided thumbnail sketches for him. And so his role in this project is to create all new branding. So he created that all new package for me in partnership with his son, who's also an amazing accomplished package designer. And then he provided thumbnail sketches for the Rotello painting and then I took uh, reference photos for Doug Hart. Those are some funny photos. I'll share those at some point. And, uh, and then Doug created the painting, Doug Hart. So. so quick question from Jason Sasson. Are all of these ideas sent in or are any of them original old school designs that were never made? Sorry if I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, no problem at all. So basically it's still wide open for them to interpret and design as they see fit. So don't take any of these concepts that have, that have been submitted as like, that's the figure I'm going to get. Those concepts are going to change a lot. If you look at the original Rotello concept and then look at where we ended up, it changed a lot. It didn't hurt my feelings. These are professionals making the idea better. That's what every single contributor should expect from this project. So to Jason's question, uh, these aren't necessarily concepts that were on the cutting room floor from back in the day. This is the creators now taking an, a crystal of an idea and turning it into a polished product right? Taking a lump of coal and turning it into a diamond, so to speak. Not that these submissions were lumps of coal. They were freaking awesome. <laughs> like I was so pleased with the variety, the level of creativity and the, the elements of fun that were included in a lot of these concepts. 
So I think you guys are going to enjoy it. The, the fun of the campaign will be the reveals of the different figures that were selected, I think. Excellent. I am going through the uh, the side comments here. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Did you say snide comments? Snide comments. <laughs> oh. The those, snide those, comments, I'm sure, are in there. But. Those two. <laughs> Well, we're already we've already funded one figure, guys. Hey, just like that. So, there Toy Collections asked Carson, "Can you talk about the Blu-ray and book a bit?" Just curious for all those considering the all-in pledge versus the all-in plus book plus Blu-ray. Sure, uh, I can do you one better, um, Mike. I don't know if you can put a comment that I put in the chat window up on screen. Is that possible? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, you typed it in the the main comments. Well, actually, I'll just keep screen sharing. This will be this will be the easiest way to get there. Okay. All right. So what I'm going to show you is, you know me, I'm an archivist, right? I've documented the heck out of this thing. So this is a password protected page for right now. I but got it. This is a sneak peek. His password is ten dots. This is a sneak peek. Yeah, you got me, man. Just bullet point, bullet point. Option eight. Option eight. Option eight. Option eight. <laughs> All right, this is the closest approximation of what's going to be in the book that I could share with you. So this is the Rotello page. I built this page for the creative team so that they could basically, you know, just to keep them enlisted and involved and excited because, you know, Kirk's part will happen and then he won't do anything for six months. But I want Kirk to stay involved and engaged because, you know, I want the entire team to enjoy this process. So here's the original pitch that I did back in 1989. Um, you'll see the, the letter to the president of GI Joe, the file card, the, the, the figure drawings that I put together and the, the very nice rejection letter that I received. Uh, then I have the 2020 pitch where I sent it in to Ron and Kirk and gave them uh, more individual inspiration or reference. And so then you got Ron's initial character designs. So he did two different figure designs, one more tactical, one more green beret style. Then you have the different backpack ideas that he came up with and the different carrier pigeon ideas that he came up with. And so then Kirk and I got together. I think this is a 45 minute edit on YouTube. This will be on the DVD obviously as well. Uh, so that'll go on the Blu-ray. This is Kirk's uh, marked up feedback with tons of good ideas in here. He definitely helped make the concept better. This is the revisions that we typed up for Ron. And so when Ron's in his office opening it, the packet with the revision markups, this is the letter that he's reading to kind of digest everything we're asking him to do. Um, this is the final line art for Rotello. This is the 360 turnaround. And this is the accessory drawings that Adam took and turned into really fully fleshed out, beautiful. Because like you'll see the pigeon evolved quite a bit, right? The accessories got a lot better with Adam's involvement. So I want to make sure to give him credit where credit is due. These are the six color studies that Ron created. And then from that, Kirk gave him some feedback and he created a seventh. And then he created this presentation artwork, which would, they would show through to management to get buy-in to continue into the manufacturing process. Uh, we got a ton of footage of Ron doing all that work, which is awesome. Shout out to his son, Tristan, who helped me with some of the shooting. Uh, then I sent, I did some additional research before sending the file card dossier info over to Larry. Um, and then Larry knocked out, did what he does best, creating the bio for me. And there's the accessory molding from Adam. And accessory uh, manufacturing from Mike. These are pretty cool behind the scenes photos. So basically what I anticipate the book being, it depends on how successful this Kickstarter is, to be blunt. 
If we do four figures, then that book will feature the creative process of those four figures. If we fund 18 figures, then the book will feature the creative process of all 18 figures. I plan to document, this is where I laid out the card back. I was hoping that this was going to be an actual GI Joe project, just like naive 10 year old me. <laughs> I was hoping that back in 1989, uh, but it's cool. We're going our own way. We're building our own brand. It's going to be awesome. Um, so anyway, then here's the uh, package sketches from Ed Morrill. And then here is the awesome reference photos that Doug requested. So that's me and my, my Keltec sub 2000. And so I just tried to emulate the pose as, as best I could. Uh, he was very adamant that I gave him close-up facial expressions, which is just ridiculous. But you got to do what you got to do for the project. Right. So anyway, uh, there's process artwork, starting with loose layouts and then adding on accessories and then making the guns more detailed and then starting to uh, really do the line art tighter and tighter and then starting the painting. And I was checking in with Doug uh, along the way. And so once he sent me this image, I was like, you know, my dad always had Vietnamese tiger stripe fatigues in the attic and we would put those on as kids and have fun with it. And so I got him to add those. I also got him to add the De Oppresso Lee Bear Special Forces belt buckle right there. And so I was able along the way to kind of check in, check in and basically project manage. Um, we needed to add the heads up display. So I gave him like a Photoshop mock-up reference, those kinds of things. And so here's the final painting with uh, you know, bullet shells ejecting and the heads up display and a uh, little muzzle flare. So it's this is what the book is going to be all about. It's going to be seeing the creative process. This is uh, at the desk of Bill Merkline, starting with a raw buck, putting the clothes on, starting to, you know, detailed head, starting to add the straps. He used a different kind of, kind of plumber seal to get that brown color, and that just kind of helped him with separations. Uh, then adding all the you know smoke grenades and stun grenades and a big IR sensor. We ended up revising the IR sensor to take off his shoulder right there um, and put it on the strap. But there's a look at Bill Merkline's desk. I literally lived at his house for two weeks. Um, if I go back, uh, file, open recent, Bill Merkline, this project <laughs> is insane. Look at this. This is 17 days of shooting. <laughs> With Bill Merkline, guys, I didn't shoot every day. So, you know, it's day one, two, three, four, and then skipping six, nine, 10, 12, 13, 14, 15. Yeah, crazy. Um, so I've got a master class of uh, working with Bill Merkline to create this sculpt. And I thought that was important because this is a dying art form. Everybody's sculpting in the computer on ZBrush at this yep. point. And so I thought it was a really cool opportunity to document the old analog ways of doing things. So here's the sculpt, uh, getting ready for resin masters copies. And so there's the three copies I had made. And shout out to Lightbeam 3D on that. And then here is the paint master from Matthew LaCroix. I actually got a couple accessories back. We're, we're changing or correcting the drone color to silver. Nice. So that's the, only, that's the only change from that. There's him all geared up and spinning around. Pretty cool. And then uh, we did packaging design with Sean and Ed Morrill. So there's a, a logo exploration. You know, how close do we want to be to a real American hero? My answer at the end was well, not not close. <laughs> I don't, uh, don't want to. You don't want to get too too terribly close. No, no. And so we opted for this one. Uh, I think it's a beautiful logo. I love this little element right here. This little kind of flag. It's a colon with the stripes. Um, yeah. I think that's a really cool design element that'll probably pop up in other marketing. I love the colorized accessory text running up the side. You know, we didn't do the uh, the call out marketing blast with a solid because we didn't want to cover the artwork too much, but we did want to point out the product differentiation, which is the swivel, uh, swivel wrist, which the guys at Call Sign Longbow 
are pioneering and they are helping us with manufacturing of this project. So we are uh, in partnership with those guys. Our toys are going to be compatible using the same factory, the same engineers, and we anticipate everything working really well between those two lines. So next up is uh, final revisions in manufacturing. So I, I would say that's the best kind of indication of what this uh, what, what this book is going to look like. All right. So quick question from Sergeant Slaughter Slaughterhouse. Will we be able to get everything we back signed by Carson and the rest of the spectacular team? <laughs> uh, I would say if I, well, not the, not the whole team. Cause that's like, if you look at the back of the package, there's like 12 people credited. So the logistics of taking around all these toys to 12 different people. I did that one time with a Kickstarter. I did a signature series uh, poster set, right? I think we sold 30 of those. Um, and I was just getting Larry and Ron and Kirk to sign them. And I remember driving to Richmond, Virginia for a Comic-Con to meet Larry and driving to Massachusetts for Ron and driving to Rhode Island for Kirk with these posters in my car. So like, while I love that idea, Zazel, uh, it's not happening, brother. <laughs> it just can't, it can't, it can't. I mean, there's like 12 people. It, it just, it just can't. Nightmare, yeah. I would have to have, yeah. a, I would have to have a U-Haul full of product pull up to their house and have them come bake in the sun while I take products in and out of the U-Haul. Hey, like if you just right. think through the logistics of it, it can't. So to get his, his stuff and then start tracking them down himself. And Bill Hartline, seeing you pull up with a U-Haul would have been like, oh my God. He's, he's moving, moving in. in. He's moving in. <laughs> exactly. Or <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, they welcome me back. They love me. You hush. Rack time, Rob. Why don't we take a look at the, ta the tally board? All right. Oh my gosh, it's going up as we speak. Let's do it. Wait for she said. Okay. 49 minutes Four in. $40,580. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Damn. So almost was, almost a thousand dollars a minute. That thing That's, was clicking over like the uh, like the Griswold uh, electric meter at Christmas. Uh, so so guys, we are a third of the way through unlocking wave one, and so we're going to premiere wave two as soon as we hit one twenty. We're going to show the next four figures, but realistically, we're going to unlock each figure every thirty thousand dollars. So it's not like you don't get wave two unless we hit two forty. You're going to get one more figure every thirty. Right, so 150, 180, 210, 240. That's how it's going to roll out. Uh, Matthew Matson asks, what's the difference in the omnibus hardcover in this one? Sure. So the omnibus hardcover is focused on the art and packaging of G.I. Joe, a real American hero. And so all of those interviews that I conducted that have the content, like the, the Ed Morrill interview that I just showed you that's three hours long, the reason that interview is three hours long is because he was the packaging guy from 1969 to 1989. He had a tremendous a wealth of information to share. That's going to be on the Operation Recall hardcover disc set. The, the Operation Recall documentary in and of itself is more about the activity of creating an all-new action figure. And I call it experiential documentarian filmmaking. Um, this is what I do for a living. Most people that don't know that about me, I do video and animation for a living. I run around with steady cams and wireless audio on my waist and uh, try to do really cool documentary experiential type I do plenty of sit down talking head interviews. Trust me. I do plenty of bank like banker training videos, you know, stuff that's not as glamorous, Ooh. but what I really enjoy doing, what I really enjoy doing, because my life is very sedentary sitting at a computer and making stuff most of the time. Documentary filmmaking is so awesome. It's so engaging because you're running around. You're, it's, it's high intensity. If you don't capture it in that moment, you miss it, you lose it. And so it's a, it's a very like adrenaline rush type of uh, process. I wanted to do that with the, with these guys. 
And so the operation recall thing is making a new figure and me running around and making that happen, right? The operation recall stuff is more the meat and potatoes of talking about the art of G.I. Joe, Real American Hero. So hopefully that clarifies it. Unfortunately, Operation Recall, uh, more experiential documentary filmmaking. The Omnibus Hardcover, it's more sitting sitting down talking head interviews, but I will be weaving graphics into it because as you guys know, I've been gathering pre-production assets and obviously marketed production assets as well. And if you look at the 3D Joe's YouTube page and see the recent Ron Rudak clip that I posted, that'll give you a good idea of the level of polish that I anticipate having for the interviews that are part of the opera or the omnibus hardcover just set. And uh, Dave E is here. Uh, Carson, my friend, uh, very excited for the project and all the characters still in shock. Soul Eagle made it. Dave, hopefully you got my link uh, late last night uh, so that you were able to get in there and pledge for what you wanted, man. Uh, I can't thank you enough. This guy was awesome. So the highlight of Joe Fest for me was meeting four of the contributors. So we did this panel on Sunday. I wasn't even sure if I was going to premiere the 16 figures. I had it in this form. So I knew I was going to premiere it in this way, where if you could put it together, you know, see the silhouettes, read the names under them, and that was your submission, then you would know, oh, great, my submission made it. But I actually comped up slides that showed their submission artwork. And I wasn't sure if I was going to roll that out to everybody because I want that to be part of the Kickstarter campaign, to roll those out. But people that attended the Joe Fest panel, were very vocal in support of me just going ahead and spoiling the whole thing. So I did that. Uh, David was there. He was awesome. Uh, he's originally from Puerto Rico. He had some delicious Puerto Rican rum with him. Uh, we partook. <laughs> we partook after the panel. Just a couple sips. It was delicious. Uh, but no, there was also two young men there that contributed. Um, I know one of them was 10. I don't remember the other one's age. But their dads were just beaming from the back, like filming it. I had them come up and talk about their submissions and stuff. And it was just like literally goosebumps, arm hair standing up, you know, probably a tear welling up. It was a it was a beautiful, beautiful weekend. I, I work on this stuff a lot alone. You know, I'm sitting at my computer and I'm calling and talking to people. And occasionally I'm jumping in the car and I'm filming stuff. But for the most part, this has felt like my crazy idea that I'm just putting an insane amount of time into. And so getting to go to Joe Fest two years in a row now and talk about this and share it with people and getting the crowd's feedback and reaction to it is just validation that this isn't a crazy idea. This is freaking awesome and everybody wants you to do it. So that was a, uh, that was Joe's Joe Fest for me and meeting David was a, a real pleasure. So it, it's crazy in all the good ways. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I appreciate it. I, I, I saw uh soul Eagle Guerrero and I said to myself, this, this is a gentleman who understands the kind of figure that the cast of, of the wrestling crazy what's on Joe mind podcast would be all about. <laughs> Look, I think there's plenty of crossover for us uh, kids of the eighties with wrestling and toys. You know what I mean? We, we all had, I mean, Sergeant Slaughter had a eight inches, eight inches of slaughter power, which was the worst marketing tagline ever. That is disgusting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he had an eight inch, eight inches of slaughter power action figure, which was just the rubber slaughter, you know? Um, <laughs> So we got wrestling in G.I. Joe. Like the, we never got an actual wrestling character, though, that was a figure. And so I thought it was an awesome idea. He's got a removable belt, championship belt, but it's got ammo pouches and stuff on it. Uh, it's got, he's got some fun design elements in there. We had three luchador wrestler concepts submitted out of 177. So when you start to see some repetition like that, you're like, okay, all right, there's, some, there's something here. Uh, we probably had 40 dogs. <laughs> and we probably had at least 60 women 
right? Like there were so many female figure designs, which was awesome to see because I think us as Joe fans, we've always heard, well, you know, female figures don't sell and that's why they didn't let them make too many. But I think we all felt the drought from 1988 to 1993 when they finally made Scarlet version two, we had a drought in our, our figure collections. If you look at our Joe collections, there's not enough females in there. There's just not. And so that was really cool to see that many great submissions. And that allowed us to pick quite a, quite a few females for this line. And so you're going to see a mix of military and, you know, military fantasy. And so soul very much falls into that. I mean, it's a military where they let you wear what you want. And his dad was a Mexican, uh, I think Mexican Puerto Rican wrestler is the bio that he came up with. So, uh, it's going to be cool to, to see these guys' concepts and let them have fun. And then, you know, also, also of course, Ron Rudat and Mark Pennington are going to take it and run, it, run with it from here. So I can't wait to see what they do with the concepts to refine them further. So Joshua373 asks, if you back the first four figures, will you have the opportunity to back additional waves of four as they're released? You can always change your pledge all the way up until yeah. the, the, the pledge closes. And then uh, there's going to be a backer kit after that. So you can, you can right. add on to that afterwards. So don't, don't worry about getting locked in if this is what you can do now and you discover you can do more later. Yep. Fine. Do more later. It's it's absolutely fine. And I understand, uh, you know, some folks out of the gate, they're going to be like, well, I just want to pledge for wave one because that's all I've seen so far. So if they see figures five, six, seven, eight, you know, wave two, um, and they love what they're seeing, then I, every time we roll out a new wave of figures, I'm also going to add pledge tiers. And so there will be a wave two all in, like I just want those four figures, or there will be a waves one and two all in where you get those eight figures. Um, when we get to wave three, there'll be a three individual and then there'll be a one, two and three. And then obviously you already have the waves one through four kind of all in that's already up there because in talking with Ben, he was like, you know, some people, they're not going to want to check in on the campaign, the campaign multiple times. They just want to get in there, look at it. If they like it, they'll go with the all in top tier and they won't think about it. And so, for the people that are like that, they just want to look at it one time and walk away from it and know I picked the tier that's going to get me everything. You've already got that option. So, uh, Red Foreman probably calls us a dumbass and then asks, will it have collector-friendly <laughs> packaging or only open or mint on card? Man, I love that language, but that language is like leading the witness, right? Because I'm a collector. Yeah. I'm a collector, right. and I want, to, I want to be friendly to collectors, but I also don't want to ruin the aesthetic of the vintage six by nine with the waffle press, man. So what's more friendly to, to collectors? Is it staying true to the vintage vision of packaging or is it creating a collector friendly package that has the, like a la boss fight where the plastic wraps all the way around and you can kind of peel it around and open it up. Is that friendly to collectors? To me, I want these to look like they came straight from 1989. My vision from this line is Mark and Ron worked on this line from 1982 to 1989. This is picking up right where they left off. That's that's how I want the aesthetic to feel. And so friendly to collectors, man, I, I don't want to be unfriendly to collectors, but I also don't want to have to do a full plastic wraparound like Boss Fight does. What are y'all's feelings on that? That is a, that is a, a good question for folks to leave for us in the comment section down below. Uh, if you're not catching this live, by all means, you know, get in later. There's lots of rewatch value on today's episode, kids. Uh, so make sure you get in, get your question in there then. I'll be honest. With I, you. I'll submit another idea too. So, you know, in the comments, weigh in on that. Do you want true to vintage packaging or do you want something like Boss Fight where you can open it and close it again? That's the first question. The second question, 
would you be incentivized to buy a slightly lower price point add-on that doesn't have packaging? It's just a second figure in accessories. That would be friendly to collectors. Or, or perhaps even you can do the card back and then just have that as an accessory. Like the figure's not attached to the card back. So you've got the full card back for the art. So then you have basically an uncut proof card, yeah. right? That's a cool idea. That's that's not much of a price savings. The only price savings there oh. is that you're not mounting it all to the card. So I'll have to speak with the factory on that and get that nailed down if that's actually a price savings. But, I mean, if people think that's collector-friendly, I'm certainly open to the idea. My I, I, idea was that you wouldn't have the printing cost and the mounting cost, and so it might be a little cheaper just for a bagged product, like the club yeah. used to do. Right. At the very least, the mounting cost is out and the time is out, so it, it might save you a little bit that way. Uh, Red Foreman also adds, uh, better start on the vehicle Kickstarter. <laughs> so we talked about this. We talked about this in the uh, in the panel, and uh, Ben Conway, again, Robo Skull, good friend, uh, <laughs> I just kind of started brainstorming on the spot. I've got two amazing friends that have already created two amazing vehicles, right? So uh, what we could do potentially, and we're not going to do this until all the other Robo Skull stuff ships and is delivered on, right? <laughs> but our main bad guy lineup has this really cool icon of a skull with the eyes that's cut out and comes down and it has these four teeth. It's skull themed. Our bad guys are skull themed. We have another guy called El Castigador uh, who has a, a real life kind of skull helmet. He's a he's a paintball kind of guy and he's got a beast of a, a helmet. He's got a homemade chess piece. If you guys want spoilers, I'll show you what he's working on. He just cut out. Actually, I'll do that. I'll let you guys talk about something else. And while you're doing that, I'll, I'll pull that up. But uh, it's it's so reinvigorating because all these other people are creatively getting into it and making things for me just to throw fuel on the fire. So I've, got, I've been collecting fan art that is incredible that shows like Rotello and Cadaver and Cadaver sneaking up from behind him in a hallway about to like stick him with some knives. Um, I just got a rock and roll ballad. It's like an 80s rock ballad with custom lyrics for Operation Recall, where it talks about the legends and how they made our lives back in the day and now how they're coming to save the day to create all new, like, awesome action figures. Like, these people are getting into it and putting their energy into it. And to me, that's because we did that open call for submissions. Like, I, we're enrolling, like, the love and the passion of the community into this project, and there's no telling where that could take us. Um, I'm wondering, what was the question? You know, <laughs> you know things get special when people start writing your music for you. Right, dude. It's happened on our program too, man. So I get you. There you go. There you go. I mean, I feel the love, man. I, I genuinely feel the love. It's incredible. But uh, yeah, the, the question was the vehicle Kickstarter. Yes, back to that. So Roboskull, I already mentioned that. That would be an obvious bad guy vehicle to work with our faction of bad guys, right? right. Um, for the good guys, my good friend Greg Bridgman uh, created something called Marv, Modular Armored Range Vehicle. Um, Wayward Goat is his toy company name, and the product is Marv. Marv is amazing. Marv is super high quality. Uh, this guy believed in himself, believed in his vision, and made it happen and overcame some some big hurdles with it. And so I would love to the, – the modular portion of Marv is that it's got these little plugs, these little holes all the way around it that allow you to add additional equipment and basically retrofit it into a, an all – together different vehicle. So for one example, he had like a biker gang version of Marv, um, which strapped on like chain link fences and stop signs and like just random stuff. And it was really, really cool. It was like kind of a zombie apocalypse, you know, type of vehicle. 
I wouldn't make that for the good guys, but we could strap on any type of armament and do obviously different color decos and that kind of thing to make it appropriate for the good guy vehicle for Operation Recall. And that way I wouldn't have to ask the community for $150,000 in tooling for one vehicle. If I'm gonna be asking for $150,000, I wanna make five more figures, right? That's where I want that $150,000 to go. I want Ron and Mark and Kirk and Doug and Bill, I want them making all new O-ring action figures. So yes, we could do vehicles and I think there's a cheaper way to get there by partnering with my friends, so. Open to other ideas, too. Uh, Cobra Commander 788's got the highest of compliments. Uh, 3D Joe's is now the gold standard for Joe websites. Have to agree. Yep. Coming from the uh, gold standard in YouTube G.I. Joe reviewers, that's amazing. <laughs> All right. Thank reviewers. You. Thank you, brother. Good. I appreciate it. I, I love Brian's work. I've been embedding it on the site for years now. Uh, his Steel Brigade review is on the Steel Brigade page. Um, thank you, Brian. I appreciate that, man. But... Uh, might be getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but Mark, Mark Van Leeuwen asked, will these eventually sell in retail like Big Bad Toy Store? I'm a full transparency kind of guy. Uh, my goal with this company, right, this effort, this operation recall and the entire team that's behind it is to make those guys some money, right? In their twilight years, I want them to benefit from this. So if we have to mark it down 40% to get it in Big Bad Toy Store, I'm not sure if the profit margins are going to be there to where they're still going to have that profit pie left over. So it's really just going to be a spreadsheet question. It's going to be, okay, what's the final cost on these? How much is it costing to ship them? What kind of deal are they offering? If we can squeeze their margins a little bit so that the creators make more money, then sure. You know, it's just going to have to be spreadsheeted out and make sure that it, in the end, these guys are making money off their awesome ideas. I mean, I'm totally open to it. I want this to get out there in creators' hands, but honestly, like, why not just buy it through OperationRecall.com and give more money to these creators? Why would you want to take 30 or 40% out of the profits to, to sell it through a big, bad toy store? We've already got the brand recognition in terms of, you know, we've got 7,000 people almost that have signed up for the email list. And I think the, as the product gets out there, people are going to see it and they're going to want it. I, so I, just, I don't know. I, I guess the long circling around to, I don't know yet, I'd have to see what deal they offer. Right. And then I, I'm going to have to present that to the team and see if the team thinks it's worth it. A right. little, little bit of getting the horse and <clears throat> the cart in front of the horse. Yeah. yeah, let's make cool toys first. Right. Let's get it fun. <laughs> let's get it done. Yeah. Uh, they gone is our boy. He's uh, remember, get the word out, like, comment, share, and do it all again for the replay. There you go. My man. I like his icon there. Got those airborne wings. Right. Uh, I just went with my dad. So shout out to the uh, Airborne Special Operations Museum in uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina. That is the best museum I've ever been to. If you guys are in North Carolina, in the, in the neck of the woods of Fort Bragg, it is an incredible museum. Tons of dioramas, um, lots of like mannequins and full-size vehicles and stuff set up. It's it's It transports you into basically the, the entire history of airborne and special ops starting back in the forties and going all, all, all the way up through Iraq and Afghanistan. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. Hey Mike, can you throw up the comment that was right below that one from loco base Walker? It's a great name by the way. Yeah, it is. Or bass Walker. <laughs> well, I, just, I, I can't see him walking a bass. I'm like, just that saying seems like an exercise look, in futility. Don't, don't put your values on other people. <laughs> <laughs> like if he wants to take his bass out for a drag, I guess that's yeah, on him. I was actually trying to get that one, and it, it, the, the screen kept moving on me. But uh, I can't believe Hasbro didn't jump on this and resumed Real American Hero, their loss. 
I I like that you that you approached Hasbro and when this is GI Joe, and I think in the end you're going to be so happy that you didn't partner. And that's not that's not a that's not a swipe at Hasbro. I know it sounds like one, but being fully in control of your own thing mm-hmm. without having the royalty because and I, I'm not trying to to, to to squish how much that name means and how much GI Joe means to all of us. But this is G.I. Joe, simply because of the people that you're involved with here, right? It doesn't need it on the top. And I think even if they were, were fantastic partners and were rubber stamping everything you submitted, there's still that time for the submission boomerang when mm-hmm. you're ready to go. But And this is, again, not a Hasbro thing. This is just a corporate thing. It has to go in, and a lot of different people have to see it. And it's it's not the priority of everybody who has to stamp it. So, well, Mark, you you have very valid uh, experience in this realm uh, because while you were head honcho of the brand, you took crowd submissions through Hasbro Pulse, and you created a couple crowdsourced ideas. So, yeah. how how were you able to get that kind of concept pushed through? I mean, what, what they were kind of talking about and what I was really pushing was that they, that both brands I worked on, Transformers and G.I. Joe, did not have a, a rapport with their fan bases. They just mm. didn't interact with them very much. And mm. so that was something that, that I thought was important coming from McFarland Toys, where we had a, a message board on our own homepage mm. where the guys running the brands were interacting, not just daily, but by the hour with fans as they as they posted and i thought that was important and that was i was i couldn't fathom it when i joined the joe brand that gi joe didn't have a facebook page mm-hmm. there's no facebook page no official facebook page mm-hmm. for gi joe and and when i would push on stuff like that i'd get told hey, it's just too expensive and like it's not too expensive for pony it's not too expensive <laughs> for nerf so yeah. and yes. like star wars marvel that stuff that is that's not owned that's you know it's twelve ninety five a year on GoDaddy.com. Right, right. Like and 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 GI Joe.com was just flashing back to like retaliation trailers. And mm-hmm. I said, yeah, you don't have a rapport with the fans because you've abandoned even the basic responsibilities of a brand steward here. Yeah. Like, I, that was stunning to me. And so, you know, they, they let me do a couple things. And and one of the ones that I, that I can't take any credit for, Kindle Worlds was already up and rolling when I mm-hmm. joined the Joe brand. But the idea that we were actually going to highlight some of the stories and that we were going to create a figure based off of those characters and mm-hmm. let the fans choose which one it was going to be. I think for me, and it was the same thing with uh, with Transformers when we did uh, Fan Bill Bot and created Windblade, who's one of the most important new transformer characters in the last 20 years there really isn't any threat when as a company we were pre-approving everything that the fans got to choose from right so there were 10 names for the prospective windblade character and we were not just cool with all 10 of them but we had copyrights on all 10. so mm. the ones the fans chose was the ones we we're going to go with and so i i don't want to make that seem uh disingenuous on any level because it really was and everything i ever saw there that was voice of the fan was a hundred percent fan voted and and they didn't they never monkeyed with the numbers to get the one they wanted mm-hmm. they, 
we pre-approved everything that was an option to choose. Yeah. It, it's like putting safe toys in the sandbox. Right? Yeah, I, I work with clients. You you pitch them three ideas, but whichever one they select, you better be comfortable with it. Right. <laughs> you know? Exactly right. You're not putting you're not putting ten toys in the sandbox, and the eleventh one is a switchblade. Right. right? And we're not right. doing well, that. We we grew up in New York, so yeah. I, I there may have been a switchblade in the sandbox. <laughs> yeah, a switch a switch comb. <laughs> I had one of those. I mean, we all yeah. right, but the uh, that was what we did with fan built bot. That's what we did with. Uh, with the uh, the Kindle Worlds mm -hmm. campaign, and and it just it opened opens up, I think, a relationship with the diehard collectors, and yeah. I, more more than anything, and that's what I try to do at shows, and one of the reasons I love going to shows as a company representative is the fan base just wants to be heard, right? Even if it's a guy who wants to do a triple decker whale six inch scale classified playset. it's never going to, and that is never going to happen, but to listen to the excitement of the pitch and yeah. say, I love the passion here. Here's some of the realities as to why that's problematic. That those, those conversations, those conversations stick because like yeah. I was telling, like I was telling earlier when I was sharing with you, my enthusiasm for the last laugh, you were like, Oh, I love it too. I want it to be on Netflix. I was like, yes, he gets it. You know? Right. And, and to tell somebody and to tell somebody, I love the passion. Here mm -hmm. are the realistic hurdles yep. uh, that make this unlikely. It's never a no, but mm -hmm. it's basically, here's why it probably can't happen. They mm -hmm. don't walk away from that conversation angry. They walk away with, wow, I, you know, I, I made my pitch. Uh, I learned something maybe. Right. And they listened and were respectful. That's mm -hmm. what I always tried to bring to the brands that I got to be associated with. And, and I think that's, that's, in, that's really important. And I think that's a big part of why this has resonated so much with the community is you could have done this with the exact same all-star cast and said, guess what? They're back and they've got 16 new figures for you. And it still would have been fantastic, but it wouldn't have connected with the audience in the exact same way. So I what? like I like that, Thank you. that you took what you got out of Ritello personally as Carson and opened that opportunity to anybody. That's really cool. I, it, it definitely was reinforced on Sunday at Joe Fest when I got to meet four of the folks that were selected and seeing how excited and speechless they were, uh, seeing their dads filming from the back of the room. Like I, I literally feel like that Sunday we made some lifelong memories for two kids that were in the oh, room. Yeah. They yeah. will not forget that moment you know, that they figured out or they found out that their concept was selected and it's going to be made by the masters like that. That's incredible. And for me, um, this was my crazy COVID project. This started in spring of 2020 and being able to drive around with these guys and see it progress along the way uh, was infinite fun for me. And so I feel like for the community, the 16 figures that we're going to flesh out, they're going to get to see those milestones along the way. This isn't going to be one of those Kickstarters that you back. And then it goes away for a year or two and then you get your product, right? Mm -hmm. This is going to be one of those Kickstarters where I'm constantly checking in. Anybody that backs my hardcover can testify to the fact that like, at least every two or three weeks, I do these massive updates where I just throw a ton of stuff out there. I'm, I'm definitely uh, an oversharer um, and I've gotten good feedback on that. So I'll keep that up, you know. 
But uh, this Kickstarter will be no different. We'll have character sketches. We'll have uh, revised character sketches. We'll have color studies. We'll have 360 turnarounds, accessory engineering drawings, uh, sculpting progress, paint masters, 3D accessory development, 3D accessory printing, all that stuff, uh, package painting progress. We'll, we'll just have tons of touch points. And so it should be something that people will get a lot of enjoyment out from the time that we raise the money until the time the product's in their hands. And one of the things I like seeing best as you walk through the development of Rotello is it's not, it's, it's exactly like it was like at Hasbro and at McFarland Toys. And even when you have a crystal clear idea of this is exactly what it needs to be and it's going to be awesome, but then you let seven or eight or nine or 10 or 12 other creatives into the room, they all add their own little touch. And by the end, it's, I'm going to say completely different, but it is largely different and better in 12 different ways that no one person would have come up with on their own. It's more that's, formed. That's really the magic of it is yeah. when they, when all these creatives get a chance to add touches here and there and revise things. And we would do that with, uh, they call them name store meetings where we needed a name for a new mm -hmm. con, And we bring 30 people into the room for a 20 minute meeting. Wasn't wow. cumbersome. It was just fast. Anything mm -hmm. someone threw up, even a joke, went on the board. And in the end, it was you know the fifty-year designer's idea and the flip of an intern's joke added to the front of it. And it was like, oh my god, that's it, right? There's right. there is something to having a bunch of cooks in the kitchen from a yeah, and from like an I said about all creative process. I, I witnessed that with Kirk um, when we got together. So basically, Ron. Did all the I so I did the crystal of an idea as a ten year old. Ron did a bunch of ideation and added a ton of stuff to it, man. Because he was like, "Was it a normal pigeon, or is it a pigeon with armor, or is it a robot pigeon, or is it a drone? Is it a quadcopter drone, or is it a plane drone, or is it a helicopter drone?" Like he literally had all these ideas just on one sheet, and you could see just the, you know, the diarrhea of ideas on this paper. It's, like, blah, it's just all there. And so Kirk and I got together to review that, and we just had so much to bounce off of. And uh, so we ended up with a, a real bird with minimal armor. He's got a little helmet on and he's got a flak vest. You know, you could probably take a 22 and be okay. Um, but then we also got the quadcopter drone fleshed out, which has kind of a bird motif to it as well. So uh, I remember uh, Kirk adding the little keyboard on the arm that's wired in. So if the backpack gets uh, hit by an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, and the electronics go down, you still have the analog capabilities of the radio teletype backpack. Um, cool ideas like that. Heads up display that shows what the drone's doing when the drone's out flying. Uh, you know, he had a flare gun in one hand and Kirk was like, where does he put the flare gun when he's not holding it? So he's got to have a holster on his left leg. Uh, so those types of like detail oriented stuff. Um, so that'll be on the DVD. You guys will see the review process that Kirk and I did and how the ideas evolved. So. So uh, rack time, Rob, go ahead, put together a, a refresh and let's get a total on the board. In the meantime, right. HCC 788 says a vehicle idea, briefcase that transforms into a tiny go-kart, but with a 50 caliber on top. I have a piece of luggage that you can use as a model. <laughs> Just, yeah. Hard to tip over with that 50 cal weighing it down, right? I mean, world's largest luggage, man. It, it got me to... I imagine when the 50 caliber goes off, it probably goes backwards. Right? right? <laughs> yeah. It's an escape vehicle. You <laughs> You're just retreating and firing. You, you push it back <laughs> towards the door and go. Yeah, I'm just saying that uh, you know that 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 world's largest piece of luggage got a lot of fans that roll out roll call some contraband American Joes. 
So there was a uh, there was a lot of silly ideas in that motor, motorized vehicle packs assortment. Yeah, was it, was, isn't there an axe? Yeah, yeah. There's the yeah. The, dre the dreadnought battle axe. It's just a giant backpack with an axe that just chops. And you're strapping it to some of the most dim-witted villains of all time. I mean, what could go wrong? Yeah, like he's gonna turn around and just people are getting killed left and right. You, you know, Ripper's wearing that to Thanksgiving, right? Right now, <laughs> bring me the turkey. They're probably, using, yeah, they're probably using it to try and slice the turkey. Right. right. That's it. Rob, Rob, give us a total. All right. Oh, we gosh, it's jumping again. All right, fifty-one thousand seven hundred fifteen dollars. There we go. Backers. That is there we go. Not, not, not to be rude to any of the the faithful over here in the comments, but there are a lot of people who are at work. <laughs> yes. Right now. Right? Yeah. Well, and there's the whole there's the whole West Coast. I, I felt bad about going live at ten, but we all have obligations at noon, right? So we kind of had to go a little early. I my only fear about that was like I felt kind of bad, you know. West Coast isn't even awake yet. We're right. rolling this out, but it'll exactly. be something fun to wake up to. The weather's always nice there. We deserve something. <laughs> Give us our toys. That's a, will the Blu-ray and book be add-ons in the backer kit? Uh, yeah, I would anticipate that for sure. Uh, let's see. And they're add-ons right now too. So any pledge that you select, you can go in the add-ons. You can pick Rotello, the book, and the, the Blu-ray. Uh, Jeff Butler says it was either Operation Recall or Ninja Commando Flint and Road Pig, so I think we're winning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those Ninja Commandos, I mean, I know it's like the hot commodity these days because I think 14 sets have appeared in the last year and a half, and a lot of people want to own them, and so the prices are, are still very high on them. But when I look at them, I don't regret that they weren't made. I really don't. I didn't need a Ninja Commando Flint. You know, and and the one that did look good, Budo, he was actually still released with Mortal Kombat. So you can get yeah. him for 30, 30, 40 bucks mint on card every day of the week. Or you can buy two new beachheads if that's your thing. Yeah. If you army built beachhead, sure. But who would do that? Yeah, uh, crazy <laughs> people. I'm up to 48. Wow. 48. I think what's your, I'd love to see your display. Right now, it's they are they are carefully curated in a box, except for the most recent couple. Gotcha. That's but they right. are ready to deploy when Adam Riches and his royal guards make their move. They yes, yeah. <laughs> that when that happens, and it will make no right? mistake, it will will be there. I dig it. Who who was one of the few Joes never captured by Cobra Law in that movie? That's right, Beachhead, and I got fifty of them. <laughs> With a flash mob and or with a couple with a couple spares. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm just going through comments. Bear with me. For the record, I don't even army build Falcon. <laughs> That's your loss. Yeah. That antenna, man, that would be ridiculous. Like that. Ooh, yeah. Like Be Beachhead. For all we joke about Beachhead's crotch being made out of glass, and it is. Mm -hmm. um, he is an infinitely more easier figure to get complete than yeah. some of the the ones with the real crazy accessories or yeah so like yeah no no beachhead's easy what's a this... falcon what's a falcon antenna run solo just the antenna please mm. this, this guy's gonna have three removable mags so those are gonna be pretty small, small pieces and that's why we're that's why we're gonna be saying that this is a collector line 14 and up because of those small pieces man mm. Uh, Mark Mark Van Leeuwen has another question. Let me reach out to you. I want a pledge. 
but I only have PayPal for international payments. I don't have a card like Visa or MasterCard. How do I pay? Uh, that's actually a question for Kickstarter. I'm not sure uh, what their payment processing is for folks that... I mean, I, I've had plenty of international backers. So what's the... I've, I've used heard, PayPal on Kickstarter. He's used PayPal yeah. on Kickstarter before. Thanks for uh, answering that. Yeah, they're... they're, they're Payments can change. It might be different rules internationally, but that is best answered by the folks at Kickstarter. Uh, let's see. Hey, do the ba the bad guy faction? Do they have a name? We're gonna let Larry do all of that. Like we we certainly have ideas, and we have kind of a motif that's developing. Um, and one of the cool things is I was talking with David on the phone yesterday. Uh, David that commented a little bit earlier and uh, uh, contributed the Luchador Soldier. And he had a brilliant idea about kind of a theme that we could do with the bad guy naming that was already kind of evolving from some, some of our selections. So I don't want to spoil it yet. We also have our first script that's in development for either a comic book. It will either be a comic or it'll be an audio kind of podcast where you know, you hire actors and do sound effects and that kind of thing. And then we would uh, deliver artwork with it so you can visualize, basically consider it like style frames. So if you're storyboarding, you know, you do like a frame for each scene or a couple frames for each scene. And uh, people can visualize in their mind's eye how that scene plays out because you have that reference artwork. So I'm thinking because, you know, we talked about this at the at the panel at Joe Fest, comic books are kind of a cautionary tale. They're not a moneymaker, they're an advertising expense. You're not going to sell enough comic books to uh, pay the people that create them. Um, you will pay the people that create them, but you'll be in the loss. You'll be in the red. And so the, the question that I put to the crowd at the at the panel was, you know, if we got over the, the stated goal for all 16 figures, would you like extra money to go to extra figures or like subsets with new decos or, or something like that? Or would you want it to go to IP development for comic books? Um, and actually, the, the crowd, they, they, there was more hands raised for comic books than for more figures, which was very surprising to me. But it was a very small, you know, uh, test bed. So we'll put that out there to the backers. If we are fortunate enough to get past our stated goals to create all 18 figures, I want to flesh out this IP and know that on the back end, we're already doing the work of, of starting scripting. So all of this... All of this is going to be determined by Larry, though. Like he's he's going to have the final say on any of it. Sorry about that. I, I dropped you a name in the chat, but anyway. Best <laughs> says he may or may not be at work. That's, right. me, for, that's me for the last five years. Right. I mean. <laughs> well, I, I thought you guys, you know, I thought the community as a whole might be getting used to these midday Wednesday streams by now. So, right. <laughs> thought, there, there was a, a need that was that was right expressed and here was a vacuum need. yeah this we're yeah. what's on joe mind and we've been doing this for 11 years yeah i think go. what people are getting used to is us being first so nice. yeah be, be <laughs> jealous although you know what this is the one kickstarter it, it's good to be first because now this is the one kickstarter we've done in the last couple months that hasn't been funded by the time we get to it yeah, right. even, like, right. hey, we like guys who win Right, but, <laughs> but along those lines, the the guys, the creators who are doing the really cutting edge and quality three and three quarter and O ring work, mm -hmm. I love that they all get along and not just get along, but that they collaborate. Yeah, that's awesome because yeah, you could easily see in any fan base, in any toy collector overall community, 
uh, fiefdoms, right? And mm-hmm. border skirmishes. And I mean, we, we see a little of that uh, in the military uh, fandom right now, uh, sometimes in lobbies, sometimes not. But I like that the Skeletron crew, the, you know, the Operation Recall crew, the uh, help me out, guys. Call sign uh, Longbow. Call sign Call Longbow. longbow uh, mm-hmm. I, I love that you guys are not just friendly, but friends and collaborators. Yeah. I and I think that, that comes from, you know, being true passionate fans for years and years to uh, spending the time to come out to the shows and meet each other and have conversations and form those bonds. And like that stuff doesn't happen overnight. and It doesn't happen on accident. It happens because these people are lifelong fans of three and three quarter inch action figures, you know, and and they want to. It's not what any of us do for our day job. Right. Like I do corporate video and animation stuff. Ben Conway runs a modern furniture company. Everybody's got their own thing, you know, and so we don't feel the pressure that like maybe a Hasbro would to make the margins so big so that they can feed these salaries and pay these benefits and pay profits to shareholders and everything else that has to go on. So the fact that there's fans out there that are doing well in their careers and that can take their nights and weekends and extra money and whatever and pour them into passion projects like this is what's allowing us as a community to have some really cool stuff that's coming out and getting ready to come out. And, and credit where credit's due. You, a lot of these connections, Jocon. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. My first Jocon was 2012. I met a lot of creators along the way. Also, I'll give a shout out to Hascon. It only happened once and it was in 2017, but Daryl and Dan did an amazing job getting the creative legends together. Um, and that was a lot of firsts for me at that show. Doug Hart, the painter, uh, the first time I met him was at Hascon. And now I've been to his house three times since, you know, uh, we've hired him for four paintings since I, I hired him to do Rotello, but then I immediately connected him with Ben Conway and they got a couple pieces done by Doug for the RoboSkull campaign and connected him with Call Sign Longbow and they got their premiere piece painted for their campaign. And they're going to continue engaging with him for their package artwork. So not only is the the, the action figures themselves going to be compatible with Call Sign Longbow stuff, aesthetically speaking, we're going to have different typography, but we're going to have very similar artwork because we're hiring the same master, mm-hmm. you know? So there's, there's going to be some cool stuff. And also, you know, the call sign Longbow folks, it's worth mentioning, are creating the O-ring action figure for RoboSkull. So there's going to be continuity between that and it's got a Doug Hart painting on there as well. So we're, we're talking, we're working together, and I think we're going to be creating a cool experience for the community where if you're a collector of three and three-quarter inch O-ring, you're going to buy that RoboSkull O-ring figure. You're going to buy the call sign Longbows and you're going to get the Operation Recalls and you're going to be having an O-ring resurgence. And it's not, man, I'm not trying to take pot shots but it's not just going to be re-releases and repaints of figures that you got 30, 40 years ago. It's going to be all new, right? It's going to be new figures, new concepts, new sculpts, everything. And that's the biggest miss from, for the brands I worked on for Transformers, for GI Joe, is that just because there's such a rich history to dig into, it, it is a disconnect to forget that the coolest part of being a Joe or a Transformer fan back then with no internet, right? What are you going to do? 15 years, 20 years before the internet was big, was to get that first Joe off the shelf in March. Flip the, it didn't matter who it was. It might've been the best guy in the batch. I don't care if it was V2 Snake Eyes. You're still flipping that card and going, oh my God, look at all these gifts coming in the rest of the year. And the same thing with the first fold out catalog from a vehicle where you're immediately going, 
Is there anything here totally out of realm for me? Yes. I'm not getting that flag, but maybe I can get the havoc as a Christmas present, right? That that's it's hard to get that same thing back because uh you know the, the internet has changed things but this kind of We're, stuff uh, it's not it's not hard to put a cross sell on the back though and, no, no, and no. so I, I will i will reinforce your talking points yep. there the two big misses on current packaging is the lack of the cross sell mm -hmm. and the lack of a file card with Absolutely. a single language that you can read and in the past the way they got around the file card was they printed multiple file cards in multiple languages and just tucked them into the package i don't know why they can't do that now mm -hmm. um the idea that you're replacing a file card with an iconography library i heard the rationale but i'm just not buying it uh, mm -hmm. story is important and this right. is story that's not um, that's iconography. That's video game language. It's cool, but it's not a replacement. Uh, the lack of a cross sell, I just can't understand that miss. Like you, I, you I have to. Art, I mean, that artwork on the back is as much a cross sell as it was on the back of the Transformer packages. But you don't know if all those products are actually coming, because, yeah, or if they've been yeah. already in a in a wave that you've missed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, we saw artwork that those figures have still not been revealed years later. So it's not a guarantee that if it's on that collage of art that you're actually going to get it. So well, this, it, yeah. this was a guarantee. This was a, Hey, these are all on the shelves right now. Get out there and go find them. You know? Yeah. The, the alley Viper was on that classified you know, artwork for day one. And you know, it was, it was, yeah. but we finally got him, and he's awesome. Right. I'm still waiting on mine, but anyway. <laughs> I also want to throw out when I was talking about the three, three and quarter stuff, and Davey mentions this in the comments, Strike Force Alpha is another really, really good Absolutely. And going on right now, too. Shout out to Matthew LaCroix. So he's one of the collaborators on that line, and he was the uh, paint master guy for Rotello. And uh, yeah, so thank you, Mark, for correcting that oversight. At uh, Showstopper 27. If Kickstarter meets you and your team's expectations, any plan for vehicles? We did cover that earlier on. I think we got mm -hmm. a little ways to go. Is is the right? The yeah. The, the quick recap is we want to fund all 18 figures. That's our primary goal. And if we go beyond that, I will put it out to the community of backers because the backers to me are the owners of the project. And so I've been this way with the, with the omnibus hardcover where I put out several polls when there's a key decision to make. So for me, this is, we're a long way off from this. But if this happens over the next month uh, and we raise $120,000 for four waves, which is a lot of money, man, <laughs> that's $480,000. If we raise that, uh, then the decision is going to need to go to the community. Do you guys want us to invest in IP development, i.e. comic books or audio book podcast kind of stuff? The audio thing, it could be a podcast that you listen to in the car. It could also go on YouTube with just, like I was saying, this, the art frames, like every couple scenes, you have different illustrations. So I think that's all doable. Or would you like me to formalize a partnership with, say, my friend Greg to create a unique version of Marv that would uh, that would you know carry our good guys around? And eventually, RoboSkull, when they've delivered on their product, create a, a RoboSkull that's customized for our bad guy team. I've already got the deck on mine. I've already talked to Ben about it. We know what we're doing. We know what we're doing, man. It's it's a there's this skull icon that I'm relatively certain is going to make it through the creative process unmolested. Uh, it, it, might, it might be tweaked a little bit, but it's just brilliant. And so that deco painted on Robo Skull would be incredible. So we'll see. I would love for vehicles to happen, um, but I'm going to put it to the backers and say, do you guys want IP development or do you want vehicles or do you want more figures? That's a uh... Uh, Vagon says West Coast is the best coast. Phil Donnelly says we should feel bad. 
<laughs> I like how you grouped your comments thematically. He's going to let us off the hook. Don't feel bad. I'm out. Yeah. We there you it. go. Look, hey, Look, I'm exist. You appreciate go that, Chad. Right? Appreciate I'm, that, Chad. I'm a, I'm a West Coast guy, and it's no lie that, that America runs on East Coast time. It's just how it works. There you go. Deal with it, Biff McConkie Dog. Football's better on the West Coast. <laughs> Articulate. Yeah, it's nice to watch the World Series at the time. Yeah. This absolved us of all of our our coastal sins. Also, the NCAA tournament they tend to gravitate that towards West Coast times. We have to stay up late. Mm, yeah, we do. But uh... so, did you guys get a chance to look at the uh, the Wave One four figures? Uh, no, I've been digging through comments. I don't know. About uh, I got you. I got uh, you. I, I yeah, I've been kind of scrolling through. Jeff yeah. Butler says uh, the Budo figure actually is good. Ninja Commando Beachhead just missed out. That's <laughs> Ninja Commando Beachhead. Oh. I mean, he's an half ninja anyway, right? Uh, yeah, at least he's Crotch got the. I mean, Ninja Commando Flint. What in God's name? Crotch of Glass, new single by Blondie. And uh, just to remind everybody, call sign Longbow. Seeking the crotch, bro. Yeah, bro. <laughs> as we, we turn this into our greatest hits. So I've got the, uh, I've got the four figures pulled up. Show me the figures. All right. Donnie Dunn says, this is a good time for the Europeans to be able to be on the live chat. Otherwise, we have to watch the replay. Nice. We'll stay up there there us. Or up, stay up till four in the morning. So there we go. We're throwing the folks in Europe a bone here. Pop up those figures. I got to go take care of a cat problem. All right. <laughs> uh, real world. Be right back. All right. Let's okay. share. Let's share up. All right. So this is the uh, wave one figures. This is the art that was submitted by the community. So really good stuff. Uh, Gabriel Mangum uh, submitted this guy Breacher. He's got his hat backwards with some sunglasses on. Little ponytail coming out of the back. What one thing I really liked was this uh, removable knife with sheath right here. So a couple pegs that peg right into the front of the chest. Uh, it's got a canine. I took some great reference photos of a military canine with straps on the front and the back yesterday at the Special Ops Museum. So we'll be tweaking that, I'm sure. Uh, removable flashlight, like I said, knife. Uh, so Breacher's uh, right there in our opening salvo, kicking down doors and helping Operation Recall to be successful. Um, Damselfly by Ted Terranova. This guy is a very talented illustrator. He submitted three really cool concepts. Uh, strapped around her legs, you see grenades. She's got a, a grenade launcher there in her arms. This backpack, if you press that little white button, the wings are going to fold down. And then when you press it, they'll, they'll be spring-loaded and eject up. So it you know, compartmentalizes and tucks behind her, as you can see right here. Uh, I love that the little grenade launcher uh, has a hinge on it, opens up. So hopefully we will be able to deliver on that kind of concept, which is these, uh, these straps with these little removable grenade rounds. Because those are pretty thick. I think that's going to be as big as a magazine. Hopefully we can pull that off. And then she's got the awesome skull mask, which is right in line with the vibe that we want uh, for our bad guys, which you'll see in a second. And then here is Soul Eagle Guerrero, which is our luchador soldier. He's just awesome, fun. Uh, we'll probably have the eagle uh, be, I think we were saying blue. And then the sun explosion would be white. And then the sun kind of rays would be yellow. And then maybe the rest of the mask would be red. So it'd be this very kind of like American kind of patriotic uh, kind of thing. And then the final character for the wave one is Cadaver, kind of a silent ninja assassin bad guy type. And he's got that awesome iconography 
on his face mask, but that will carry through to a lot of different elements um, throughout the brand. So I think that's going to be a key element of the bad guy stuff. You actually see uh, up here. Well, no, I took it out last night. But yes, there's a couple sneak peeks of a couple other figures. Like this is the guy, the ninja with the prosthetic leg right here um, that was submitted by the 10-year-old guy. There's a Indian sniper intelligence lady over here. And there's a guy, Bear Claw, right here is kind of survivalist. Um, so we've got 16 awesome concepts to roll out to you guys. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll get them made by our boys, by the team. All right. Magnificent Mark asks, hello, just read about the Kickstarter. If I back the Wave 1 package, we'll be able to back the waves. They come out. Will there be opportunities to back each one? Sorry if this was covered. It was. Uh, with Kickstarter, you can always change your, your, your pledge. Uh, you can increase, you can decrease all the way until the end of the pledge yep. uh, when the funds are collected. And then afterwards, if you want to add, even still, there's there's going to be a backer kit, so there will be an opportunity to, to tack on even more. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, I would encourage everybody that wants this project to be successful and wants all 18 figures to exist. Uh, if you can afford it, uh, go ahead and grab one of those bigger all-ins because that'll help us hit the goal sooner. Um, I will certainly uh, commit that if you do back one of the all-ins, you will get that many figures. So even if there's a, a repetition, if you pick an army builder to fill in the gaps, uh, that's totally possible too. Um, as we unlock new waves, like when we hit 120, we unlock wave two, I'll add a wave one and two pledge that you can go in and change yours from just wave one to wave one and two. Uh, so as we bust through these goals, I'll be adding more pledge options. Excellent. And that, that answers the question that got snuck in there afterwards. Uh, don't unlock all the waves. Can you fill in? Sure, you can fill in. Yeah. Hey, Carson, as a, as a straight Joe collector uh, mm -hmm. with O-rings and, and things like that, I'm an opener. Uh, I collect almost everything. I think Cobra Law is one of the, the few things I looked at even as a kid. And like, yeah, I don't need that. Although uh, the Pogo was something I looked at on the shelf and didn't need, but have since bought and loved. Uh -oh. So. Uh, but as a, as, a, as a figure collector, I generally get one of each guy. And if it's a troop builder, I like to have three mm -hmm. of a troop builder kind of guy. So, and, and you know, here I am an, a minute into the question that I'm going to say you don't have to answer. But could you tell us how many troop builder types are in those 18? Because that, yep. that's, what, that's what I would pledge for if I was all in would be or will be yep. one of every unique guy. And three of every troop builder. Ah, okay. That's a that's an interesting breakdown. So what I tend to do as an army builder is think in terms of four. So like a firing squad, right? You have that kind of four-man crew that rolls out. So that's how I tend to think about army building. And I realize everybody army builds different. Um, but so what I said, I believe, let's see. And Daryl does eight. In the 20X. <laughs> In the 20X Army Builder, I kind of explain it this way. So we plan to make 18 unique Operation Recall 3.75-inch modern O-ring action figures. Your $500 pledge entitles you to any 20 figures. So you can mix and match that however you want. We plan to reveal five enemy troops. So this 20-figure pledge will enable you to build a fire team of each Army Builder. So we're going to have five kind of generic bad guys that you can Army Build. And getting the 20-figure Army Builder will allow you to have a firing squad of each of those, of all five of those unique bad guy troop builders. Okay, got it, perfect. Yep. Now, I, I thought through that kind of the way you were, and uh, that's one of those things that Ben was helping me through, you know, uh, thinking through kind of the go-to-market, what kind of pledge 
things we should offer so that we meet the needs of the various different kind of collecting habits. Yeah. And I like, that's one of the things I like about collecting in general is everyone defines their own collection, right? So I need three of a true building. You need four. Daryl the yeah. likes eight. <laughs> I think Sam, uh, I think Nomad from Declassified does the same thing. I think he rolls with eight as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, like me with Classified, I'm buying two of everything. Number one, so I can put this package up at a corner like that. You can get that wraparound art effect. Mm -hmm. But number two, it's one to open and one to keep sealed, right? So that's how I collect Classified. But if it's a bad guy army builder, I'm picking up an extra two. So if I ever actually open all of them, I'll have a firing squad. There you, you know, we're all different. And some of us are just more right than others. No, no, yeah. that's not right at all. Well, that, that's one thing I bristled at earlier when someone said, are you going to make collector friendly? As in, are you going to make it the way I like to collect? That's uh, that's how I interpret it too. Not not to like, you know, get into a debate on it, but like who determines what collector friendly is? What? To me, collector friendly is I want it to look as close to vintage as possible. Yeah. You know, I, that I to me is collector friendly. I would just throw the caveat in there that semantics are tough when you're typing in a chat room on the internet. So it, <laughs> yeah. it's easy on the yeah. folks live chat. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Um, but I do think I do think it's an interesting idea to do to offer a second one just as a bagged, cheaper specimen for those that like to buy one to keep sealed and one to open. You know. Yeah, bagged with file card though, because right. gotta yeah. have a file card. Right? You do. It's the story. The story is important. Story is a big deal. Okay. So we're coming up on the, the two hour mark. We got to get ourselves mm -hmm. out of here. Yes, sir. People have to work. Yeah, Mark, Mark's gotta take Not me. <laughs> Mark's gotta take kids all over town. I gotta go to a, a bad job. Carson's got appointments. Rack time, Rob. Uh, I, I gotta get to the comic book store. It's Wednesday. Oh, that's right. Uh, ah, new comic Wednesday. <laughs> There's gotta be four or five new Batman comics today. Probably. Don't don't laugh. At least. Oh, don't you, don't you look down your nose, Spider-Verse. I collect one Spider-Man book. I know, but there's four of the 14 they offer. Yeah, but I I mean, it, they don't count if I ignore them. That's my shame, have. my shame right there is that's all Valiant comics. And nobody cares about Valiant. <laughs> but <laughs> I love Valiant. <laughs> I can't stop. Guy. You're the guy. Like, I'm propping them up. I'm buying the hardcovers. That's all hardcovers, and that's all trade paperbacks. Last year on Free Comic Day, I was like, hey, did you get the Valiant Free Comic? And you're like, no! I, like, I appreciate I you sending that to me, man. That was awesome. Because Again, I know one person who reads Valiant Comics, and you're it. <laughs> Prince Valiant? Yeah, you're that's right. That's I it. Figured. <laughs> did it's, they uh, make Super Mario comics in 1992? That, uh, that was their first offerings, yeah. It, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, Rob knows his go, stuff. Go bigger. Rob knows his comic book history. Look, that's Jim right. Shooter was a god. That's why he's <laughs> racked time Rob. Yeah. Yeah. Like everybody's like, oh, well, you gave your brother a show. No, you don't understand who my brother actually is. <laughs> he's he, like, I, I could, we could just be like, what's, what month did Plastic Man make his first appearance? And he's probably got that. Yeah, nice. Really you know, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to let him answer that because then, then if he's wrong, then. Then it's, right. it's all over. But yeah, it ruins tarnishes the whole reputation. He knows. He knows. I do know it's police comics number one. I can look oh. up the month. Oh, there he goes. <laughs> all right. Dropping knowledge. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's I, I don't I don't expand much past past my one Spider-Man book and G.I. Joe titles just for budget reasons. But 
Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to pass judgment on Valiant Comics. I can't I can't say I've read it because the money just isn't there to pick up new comics. Well, I, I would just say pick up some digital ones. Check out the 1992 stuff, man. The pre-Unity. So Unity was a big crossover that they did where they looped all the books together in very seamlessly. And Jim Shooter was at the helm, editor-in-chief, and writing most of it. Jim Shooter was brilliant in his, in, in his time super amazing productive uh, author and editor. And so he created this universe, uh, had some seminal talents along the ride with him. Barry Windsor Smith, uh, Joe Quesada did Ninjak, um, Bart Sears did Turok. Like there were, there were some pretty big names involved as well, but they also had a house style and most of the books didn't look like image certainly, but the writing was where it was at, man. This universe had a very seamless continuity. Every book tied together perfectly because you have one guy that was obsessive compulsive controlling the whole thing and making sure that the writers like kept it together, kept it tight. So I'd, I'd say the first like year and a half, two years worth of Valiant books, there's not a better comic experience in my opinion. So and that's why I'm still buying stuff that's not nearly as good. <laughs> so what you're saying is Super Mario comics are where it's at. That's no, All right. no. Those are a fun little oddity. The great Super Mario Magnus robot fighter crossover. <laughs> they did cross over Magnus with Predator. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, you know what's you know what the Predator, like I really have no interest in that. One of the best intercompany crossovers is that first Batman Predator. Oh yeah. Oh man. Mm-hmm. So before Racktime Rob goes down another rabbit hole. Right. <laughs> uh, Carson, do you have anything that we didn't cover here today that you that people just have to know. About. Well, I mean, we didn't really, we didn't show the toys. Like, do you, do you want me to show the Rotello Paint Master or the the accessories or anything? Or we could do, we could say that for another show. It's your call. No, go on, bring it on up here. For All right, one sec. I mean, we're all, we're almost halfway funded. Yeah, fifty nine thousand one forty five. I say we because I like to share in the success <laughs> that other people worked hard for, <laughs> which shows I'm senior management potential. Right. <laughs> All right, guys. So this is Rotello. Oh, that's a two up. This is a two up paint master, right? So you see the little keyboard on the arm there. He's got the kind of tactical gloves. He's got the one of my favorite parts of this sculpt by Bill Merkline is this flare gun right here on the side. Very nicely done. All these pouches are hand sculpted. And so what you lose in the digital era, like even just the back pockets here, those are sculpted by hand individually. If somebody was doing that in ZBrush, they'd probably get one of those pockets right. And then they would just copy and paste it to the other butt cheek, right? <laughs> these pockets look different. And I like to show that that kind of, you know, that differentiation that you're going to get by handcrafted sculpt for every figure. So it took two weeks to sculpt this thing that's thoroughly documented. Okay, guys, spoiler alert. Bill Merkline is just like the sweetest guy. And he built up my confidence to the point where like about 12 days in, I felt like I could jump in and actually contribute to this sculpt. So he let me, well, and it, it took 12 days before I sculpted anything that was usable. <laughs> he kept throwing out my work, so which was totally fine. I didn't want, it wasn't about ego, like I need to be in there. He kept asking me to do it. So anyway, uh, by 12 days in, I got to sculpt the knee pads and I sculpted the smoke grenades. And that was just a lot of fun. There's little caps on the ends of them. There's little holes you know, going down the middle. And using Bill Merkline's tools and sitting at his desk and getting some sculpting work in was just like one of those life memories you'll never forget, you know? <laughs> um, 
So anyway, that's a good look at the figure. He's absolutely beautiful. Again, shout out to Matthew, Matthew LaCroix, Strike Force Alpha, did an amazing job. LaCroix's toys. He is an amazingly talented painter, and I hope we get to do many more of these, Matthew. I so love that, that your Rotella 2-Up is like every one of our most beloved original Joes, where the legs are totally floppy. Totally loose. Around, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. My, like Mike's original flash somewhere wouldn't stand right. up with a pound of super glue. Yeah. This is a look at our. Just uh, makes them easier to fit in the vehicles. There you go. This is a look at our machine gun. So this is a Sig Sauer. It's an awesome, awesome gun. So it's got a removable suppressor, obviously. Take off the silencer. Put that back on. Got a little barrel detail under there where the barrel kind of goes in a little bit. So it's nice, nicely detailed. Thanks again to Adam for the awesome accessory designs here. Uh, it's got removable magazines. And then, you know, these are paint masters. So that's why there's a little bit of paint right in there that you see the break. And then this is on a hinge. I'm not going to force this, but this is a folding hinge. Since this is a paint master, oh, I'm not going to fold it. But that folds all the way around. So that is an awesome machine gun. And, and the... Uh, too, that since, since it's the... Uh... It's the guys from uh, Call Sign Longbow that like the hands are going to be of a softer plastic to hold this. That's correct. Yeah. So to avoid the breakage, uh, we're doing a break at the wrist right here. So these hands are going to be able to swivel and the hand is going to be of a softer plastic. So you're not going to have the broken thumb syndrome. So you'll see with him, you know, he's got a break where the gloves are on both hands. So I don't think those seams, it, they won't be a brutal wrist cut. We'll call it that. <laughs> right. Yeah, brutal wrist cut. Yeah. So anyway, uh, here's the helmet. I've got this on a resin copy. I don't want to put it on the main helmet because I don't want to scrape Matthew's beautiful paint job. Mm -hmm. But so a nice, nice tactical helmet with uh, over-the-ear headphones and a microphone that wraps around. It's obviously got like the the little attachments for night vision goggles and. That's really nicely done. Yeah. Yeah. So shout out to Adam on these accessories, right? All right, so there's the helmet. You've seen the gun. Uh, the backpack itself has a little pouch that holds an additional three mags right there. So that's really nice. Yeah. And uh, we'll do this little demo. Hold up. Look at that. Not falling out. Pretty awesome. So these straps, you just unplug them right at the top. There's a little peg at the bottom, and you put the hole on the peg, and then you plug the top in, and that's it. So that's how you get straps that go around the backpack. So that, that's a cool innovation, something we didn't get with a Real American Hero, these nice little removable straps. And that's something Ron drew in his original uh, sketches when he got Rotella. That certainly wasn't an idea I brought to the table. And so as soon as we have that, I was like, well, can we deliver on that? Could we manufacture that? Why didn't they ever do that in the past? And so it looks like we can. Um, and then the drone on the backside is removable, of course. And so that comes off. It's a quadcopter with a little bird head looking thing up there. Nice. And so my, my pitch for this uh, is that this would be a telephoto lens for surveillance. And that's why he's got that big peg. You know? And the so the backpack also pegs into the back. Is that correct or no? That's correct. Yes. Okay. You do have, a, you do have a peg right there. So okay. the straps are, the straps are more decorative, decorative than functional. Yeah. Which is good yeah. because it means it'll age better. Right. Right. Because, because straps, it's, because it's not weight could break over time. You know, the straps, it's worth saying the straps would obviously be printed in that softer plastic as well, where the backpack would be printed in the harder or manufactured in the harder. Does plastic. that make it difficult to color match? Uh, we'll see. Factory questions. Just, just, <laughs> if, if you have brother, you probably, I, hey, you 
I'll always be honest and transparent, right? I haven't manufactured a toy yet before, but luckily we're working with the same factory that's done Marauder, Boss Mm -hmm. Fight, doing Call Sign Longbow, doing Robo Skull, right? So we all know the same people. We're all working with the same people. Um, So here's a look at my buddy, though. This is my boy. All right. So his name is Homer. Uh, He was named Homer by Larry. He's got a little message, traditional aluminum message carrier that they used in World War I, World War II. Uh, he's got his little flak vest on the front, and he's got his Rob Liefeld pouches on the back, so he can carry he can carry much more than messages. And of course, he's got his little helmet on, so he could take a twenty-two. And that is fantastic. I, I mean, honestly, if I'm in a a huge military organization and I have a pet pigeon, I'm buying him a helmet. Absolutely. Yeah, you got to protect that. Oh, so honestly, I was at that special hey, even even yesterday. the helmet on stop even the the pigeon on stop that pigeon had a helmet, so you know. Nice. So I was at the uh, I was at the museum yesterday and they had a beautiful tribute to the canines. There was a statue of a canine and then there was all these bricks that the operatives, the operators that worked with those canines that were lost in duty, uh, bought them little tribute squares. And it was a it was a real testament to how close military guys get to their pets. And I'm not, you know, carrier pigeons. I don't think we've had an army carrier pigeon unit since World War Two, maybe. Um, But there's certainly still very capable communications carrying like Pablo Escobar used carrier pigeons when he was in his prison in Mexico. Right. So, uh, our Columbia. So yeah, carrier pigeons are cool. Carrier pigeons have a, a, a very distinct and long military history. There was actually a carrier pigeon named GI Joe. Uh, I think it was back in world war II that flew 120 miles in 120 minutes or something to that effect to let people know that there was a ship sinking. He carried the message and they were able to get out there and save the sailors so he got like the Willie Dinkin Award or something like that. You guys can Google this. Just Google G.I. Joe Carrier Pigeon um, and you'll see this, this bird that got this award. So it's kind of, to me, for a military line that had a lot of animal sidekicks, the fact that a carrier pigeon didn't make it in, it's cool. It's an opportunity for me to kind of right or wrong, you know. Mm-hmm. All right. So. Let's bring it on into the station. Rack time, Rob. Give us one more number. All righty. Here we go. Oh, it's clicking as we speak. Halfway there. 59,000. Oh, nope. no, 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 no. It's still going. Still catching oh, up. Oh, here. wait, there's more. 60,000. No, wait, wait, there's more. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 60,755. There crazy. we go. Oh, no, it's up to 61,255. So we are, yeah, we are climbing. We are climbing. I, I Guys, thank you. Over halfway um, there before lunch. Well, right. We're halfway there, just in you know, kicking off with what's on Joe' mind. So, thank you guys so much for helping us bring the news to the community. It's a fun way to do it because you, you know, you're I'm working my butt off on this stuff to be completely candid, and then to like hit print or hit publish and and see like, is my idea going to work? Is it going to have enough traction? Are people going to want to get behind it and help bring it to life? And and so already halfway there on wave one, 150 backers have said yes, we want to help yeah. you do this. So thank you, every one of you, all 150 of you. And, uh, you know, Rob, Mike, Mark, when you guys get off the podcast, it should be 153, right? That's right. <laughs> and, and, and the West, get in there. West Coast is waking up. Yeah, a, lot of people, yeah. a lot of people still at work, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I think later tonight you're going to be having some more of that Puerto Rican rum. I, I hope so. Man. I think. Yeah. So, Absolutely. I hope so, man. Congratulations. This is Absolutely. Thank you, guys. 
We've always this been is, behind them. This is, this is big for the team, man. This is big. I mean, this money is either going to go to the creative team to manu to design more figures or to the factory to manufacture these figures and deliver on the promises we're making. I've said this in the Kickstarter video, but I want to reinforce this. I'm paying for the book out of pocket and I'm paying for the DVD Blu-ray out of pocket because I know I'll make that up on the back end selling extra copies. And so literally the only perks that are being offered through the Kickstarter that your money are going to is IP development to the creative team and manufacturing these figures. I'm not paying myself up front. The rest of the creative team gets paid up front. We all share profits on the back end. So I won't see a nickel of this for years <laughs> and I don't need to, and I don't want to like the book is my project. I'm having a blast with it. Me, Brian Sauer and Chad Huckle are working on that. This, this project operation recall, it's all about Ron and Kirk and Mark and, you know, Ed Morrill and Bill Merkline and all those guys, man, Larry. So so get yourself over to Kickstarter, uh, figure out what you can pledge. Go ahead and pledge it now. Uh, deeply appreciated all the help you've done so far. Absolutely. Huge shout out to everybody who joined us during the day today. This is weird for us, um, especially having just, we just did a live stream last night that we hit, hit the sack and we rolled back out to do another one today because uh, that's what we do in this business. Uh, but uh, thank you for joining us live here again today. If you are catching this on the recording, uh, we love you too. Please uh, leave your comments and your questions down below. Uh, Carson, keep, keep yourself tagged on this one. Make sure you're answering any questions you can down there. We'll do okay. our best to help out too. Uh, so don't, don't be bashful about interacting with this one. Uh, there's, there's a lot of good questions to be asked. And, okay. and of course, always get yourself over to 3D Joe's and see all the great stuff that Carson's got on tap between Operation Recall and the Art of G.I. Joe and everything else that he's done over 10 fantastic years of chronicling the G.I. Joe experience. Uh, dude, thank you so much. We, we uh, Beyond words that you let us be part of this right at launch. Well, you guys have been there since pre-launch, you know, like a year ago, helping me break the news at, at, after I did the Joe Fest presentation last year. So you guys have always been like family, always looking out for me. And Mike being the good news man, always checking on that lead, always checking on that lead. <laughs> <laughs> so Fresh. i appreciate i appreciate you guys man thank you for helping me bring the news to the community and uh, and anytime you've got uh, you got a a need we've got an open seat for you so just be awesome. sure to holler at us awesome all right man all right fellas i appreciate you guys hey let's uh you get another chance to listen to our kick-ass theme song good night everybody we will see you all again on friday if you're not tired of us by now uh it's cobra convergence friday for what's on joe mind so we'll have a special segment for you friday night Joe Colton might even show up. Who knows? But, <laughs> but have a good rest of your Wednesday. Enjoy your Thursday. We'll see you Friday. Yo, Joe. Yo, Joe.